0: Good morning, welcome back. It is Glenn Clark Radio. Hope you enjoyed your long weekend. Or if you didn't get a long weekend, it sucks to be you. The rest of us did, so I don't know. Find a better gig, I guess. I guess I take that back. I didn't even get a long weekend. I had to work twice. What the hell am I talking about? just didn't do this show. Man, sucks to be me, I guess, is what we just learned here. That's real rough. Um, Good to be back, though. Obviously, wish we were talking about some more Ws. That's the frustrating part as it has been a concerning stretch of baseball, and that is going to be primarily what we discuss on today's program. And, and I've kind of been hinting about this for the last couple of weeks. I, I am I am not sure how concerned I'm supposed to be, but when you guys say like, hey, well, you know, the 83 team lost seven games to it two different times, this is a month. This isn't a week. It's a month of sub-500 baseball. And I get it. You're going to come back and say, well, you know, those, whatever. Nobody's saying that there haven't been other bad or good teams that have had bad stretches of baseball. But the presumption that that just means that everything's fine and that it'll definitely be fixed, that's not one that I can make. Maybe you can make it, but I can't make it. Don't mean to start off so negatively, but there's kind of no reason to beat around the bush. That's what's going on. Now, the good news, I guess, if you want to call it that, we don't know that it will prove to be good news. But we think the good news is that Colton Couser is on his way and will join the Orioles in New York tonight. And hopefully Colton Kowser has something to offer that can help boost what has been a lethargic offense. They finally scored more than three runs yesterday and didn't work. They only scored four. They needed more than that. It's been a sleepwalking offense for some time. And, yes, that's not even the biggest problem that faces this team. I'm not trying to start this off by saying I think that the sky is falling, but this is is troublesome. Hi, I'm Glenn. Griffin's here. Grant's here. Did you ever come up with a name for Grant? Oh, no. no? All right, whatever. We'll just leave it alone out. at this point. It's too yeah. late. It's too late yeah. now. You're it's right. just Grant. You're the first ever. Congratulations. Um, it might hit me. It'll hit me in my sleep one of these days. I'll just wake up in a cold sweat, and I'll say, wow, it, it was that all along. It's Grant now. I'll yeah. think of it. I'll think of it. All right. Um, and look, I. this is way more pleasant to discuss than the years in which I wasn't even watching the Orioles by July. And so I, I want to be careful about how it is that I react to this, because we are a sensitive bunch for much of Orioles fandom. If you say anything other than everything's fine, then you're just an a-hole. But I'm going to be as practical as I possibly can. Stop trying to do the 83 team bid. I get it. We're kind of doing that because we're bringing the 83 guys on this year, and we're you know, bringing up the adversity that they faced. But I'll be the one to handle this. There is no Mike Boddicker. There's no Scotty McGregor on this team. They don't have, at the top of the rotation, the guys that you can count on every fifth day. While Tyler Wells probably has been their best starter, I would argue that actually has been ceded to Kyle Braddish. And that maybe we'll talk about Kyle Braddish at the end of the year like he was that type of guy. But, you know, he's got to get through the year before we get to that point. The Tyler Wells thing is frustrating because it seems like there's a sixth inning limit and it seems like you're just never going to be able to fix the home run thing. I, I, I like Tyler Wells and some of the numbers for Tyler Wells are still really good but you have to be willing to look at only those numbers. They don't have the guys at the top of the rotation. They don't have them. I was doing a fun bit with Drew Forrester yesterday on the radio. We were talking about our first half grades, and Drew was being extraordinarily kind. I was trying to, man, I was trying to remember. There were some of them that I was just like, are you are you out of your mind?
1: Well, he's just such a big O's fan.
0: Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I I appreciate being a fan. What, but, do, you,
1: what do you give Adam Frazier? No,
0: hang him? on. Uh, like, Kyle Gibson got a B, just mm. a straight B. Like, what guy are you watching? He's like, well, for a little while, he was their best pitcher. I'm like, yes, for a little while. And then what's happened? What's happened? I, I, I know we were really excited at the beginning of the year. We're like, man, Kyle Gibson really is a serious upgrade on Jordan Lyles. And don't get me wrong, this year's Jordan Louse, and even last year's Jordan Lyles, you can say he still is an upgrade. What is this guy? This was the guy you spent money on. This was the guy. 4-7 ERA. That's your guy. Which isn't to say that he hasn't still had good starts, or I don't think he can't still deliver some good starts. But the bloom's off the rose. There's no more Kyle Gibson. Kyle Gibson right now isn't a top three starter. In a rotation. And of late, he shouldn't be in a rotation.
1: Last five starts, 7 7 ERA in his last five starts.
0: It's an abomination. It's been brutal. And he did just enough that we're kind of not talking about it, and also they don't really have better answers. So we're kind of just sort of agreeing to not talk about it and pretend like it's not happening. But, boy... It is disastrous what Kyle Gibson has been doing of late. Disastrous. Th- there's real problems here. We said you could trust three or four guys at the back end of the bullpen. Unfortunately, that didn't end up being the case in New York last uh, on Monday night. The argument that was made to me by a caller yesterday was that Felix Batista should have gone into the game earlier because he's really the only guy that you can trust, and maybe there's something to be said for that. I don't know. Maybe there is. I get why you don't want to do it because you're not thinking about the fact that you might lose every game and you better damn well throw everything at it to win the one game you have a chance to win. But when you're going through a stretch like this, maybe there is an argument that you just throw everything you can at trying to win the games. And if that means that the first time that the game is in peril, you bring in Felix Batista then to try to get through that peril, perhaps. Do I think the Orioles would have won on Monday night? I don't know. I'm not sure they would have ever scored another run. I mean, they had about a billion hits and they couldn't score a fourth run. So I have no idea. And Danny Coulomb had leaned towards being the guy that you trusted the second most of anybody in the bullpen two pitches later. Clearly, the bullpen problems are that you only trust four guys. And even then, you're kind of squinting when you talk about you trust them because you have to use them so much that we all remember the times they've imploded. Like Mike Bauman in moments has been outstanding in other moments, he's been a mess. His numbers for the year not great. It's unfair to use ERA as the way. It, sorry, Grant wants to say something. That's
2: a four ten ERA. It's no.
0: unfair to use the yeah. ERA for for relief pitchers because one outing you don't you don't have Could enough of a work it. you don't have enough of a workload to, to like. There are better for relievers. There are better numbers to use than ERA. But. You know, we get it. The point is we've seen it happen. We've seen it happen where Mike Bauman's been unbelievable and then there have been times where Mike Bauman's been so-so. 127 Whip is okay. Danny Coulomb for the most part have been really good. Yannir Kano for it's kind of a wink wink nudge nudge thing that he gets to be an all-star just because he did it at the right. Yannir Kano is the perfect example of the thing that I was talking about last week. Where If Yanir Kano continues on the, the same trajectory that he's been on of late throughout the season, we're going to say he, he had an okay season. But he's going to be forever able to say he was an all-star because he was a revelation for one month, and he picked the right month in which to do it. By doing it at the beginning of the year, he got a ton of attention, and everybody was talking about him, and so Yanir Kano gets to be an all-star. Whereas if he had had the same month in August... The All-Star game had already passed, and the rest of the season was still the same. We talk about it as a guy that was, like, you know, kind of helpful. And I'm not trying to, again, it's going to sound like I'm being this guy, and I get it, you're all going to be mad and furious, and that's, you know, whatever. My life will go on. I hate on the All-Stars. My my life will be okay. But, you know, it's what it is. You have four guys that you trust, and you only trust them when you're squinting. They're getting overworked. The starters are giving no innings. The rest of the bullpen is a mess. Now tell me how it's all getting fixed. And I get it. They were a 33-17 and 17 team for the first 50 games. So somehow they were capable of doing it. But the two things that stand out to me is that when it happened, a few times I walked in and said, I know the Orioles are good, but tell me why they're good. The answer was pretty much just that they were winning games. There was no individual thing that you looked at and said, here's here's the thing that's going to translate all season long. You could say the base running, like that would be fair, but it required Jorge Mateo having to get on base, and there's absolutely no world in which we think that's ever going to happen again. For the most part, we don't think that Jorge Mateo should be on the team. So tell me the other thing that gives you confidence that the Orioles are good. And again, I'm not trying to say they can't be, I'm saying what gives you confidence that they will definitely turn the table and be more like the team that you saw for the first 50 games.
1: Right. And maybe you can right. say that's Brandon Hyde. Just the, There's no track
0: record of that. You have yeah. no reason to think that. But, There's nothing that says that Brandon Hyde is the guy that makes the difference, which doesn't mean that he doesn't deserve credit yeah. for what he's done, but there is absolutely nothing to fall back on to say, well, Brandon Hyde has a track record of being the guy that can pull teams through this. We have no idea if that's the case or not. There's no way for you to say that. So I defy you to tell me what it is that gives you confidence that the Orioles are definitely going to be a really good team and that what we're seeing of late isn't a, a and, I, and I asked the question certain ways, I said, hey, what's more the more true reflection, 500 baseball or 33 and 17? And I told you then I thought it was 500 baseball, which isn't to say I'm down on the totality of this, it's that. The scenarios that got them there are Yannir Kano pinching out of his mind. And there is absolutely nothing that suggests that that's definitely who Yannir Kano is versus that just being the best month of his life. Doesn't mean he couldn't. I mean, I don't think he can hit that standard again, but doesn't mean he can't be better than he's been of late. What are the other paths? Kyle Gibson has to fix everything quickly? Maybe?
1: Grayson has to come back. And, like, and
0: be better than he's been, even in the minors.
1: He was pretty spectacular last night. Uh, yeah, he was man, good last night. There's yeah, no, no doubt
0: about that. But he's still, like, it. a lot of it has been pointed out, like, his control still has been questionable. And that's the bigger, like, we know he can strike people out. We know he has talent. There's no debate about that. But the he con- limit the walks? And the control make- has always been the problem. So to say that can be part of the path? Sure. It it could be. What else? I don't know. Reasonable to say, like, we still think Adley Rutschman can be a little bit better than he's been. And even only a year into his career, is it fair to think he can be a little bit better than he's been? I think that's fair. That would help. Obviously, the trade deadline holds, like, the eternal hope. That's the thing that we're holding up and saying, well, this is the biggest reason why we think things can be better. But there's no guarantee that anything's happening at the deadline. I certainly hope so. And it's part of the reason why I thought this was a big week. I said this to Rita on Sunday, like after the win, we can say, hey, you know, all's all's good. You know, this happens to every team. But there's a big difference between a team that goes four and three in the final seven games between the All Star break. And the team that goes like one in six, because at that point, you're really starting to ask yourself some questions. And the thought of a rental really kind of moves out of the, and I always said, I don't know that rental was the right answer, but I could at least listen to it for a smaller cost. There's a point at which you're not even paying a smaller cost for a rental if you want to say that part of the solution to getting back to what you were is that Ryan Mountcastle finds himself, again, okay, okay, there has been evidence that Ryan Mountcastle can be a a high-level major league hitter, high-level, a quality major league hitter. So maybe, and if you believe that the Ryan O'Hearn experiment is going to run its course in the next couple of weeks, then maybe that can be your path back. I'm not trying to, God, everything I sound, it sounds like I'm saying the sky is falling. It's not even that the sky I is mean, falling, yeah, because I, th- I think you have to look in the, with the, all of these things within context. The context is, this season was never about Aaron Hicks. This season was never about Ryan O'Hearn. And while I kind of always believe there was a little bit of fool's gold there, that's okay because Colton Cowser should be playing, not Aaron Hicks. With all due respect to Aaron Hicks, who you know got a home run yesterday, and you know yesterday it was funny. It was uh, you were getting production from Hicks and Frazier. That was those were the guys that were helping you. Frazier a couple times of late, the guy that we've completely written off has been able to help you. This is a young team, and this young team was going to go through this, and that's part of kind of the, the the growing process. Forest trees, I would love for the Orioles to go threaten to do something this year. That would be neat. Is it practical? I can't tell you that it's Practical. We, we got carried away because it was an extraordinary start. I mean, again, 33-17 and 17 is insane through 50 games. It's bonkers. But was it ever practical that they were going to back that up all season long? I don't think so. It was going to require so many things going so much better than we had any reason to expect them going.
1: Which is why it's going to be really, really disappointing if they, if like you just mentioned, if they aren't, if they don't make a move here in, in before the deadline, like I, it's going to be so disappointing. You say that, but I'm, I, I can't. Because obviously 33 and 17 was always way too high, way too high a standard. But, and that's why the trade deadline, that's why the, why trades are a thing so that you can continue to bolster a team that.
0: But those trades still have to be able to be made. And this is one of the things that I I, I struggle with.
1: Like, the answer
0: to me still comes back to money more than anything else. We can say, hey, the Orioles have to use these guys. They have to use their depth in order to get the guys they want. Well, that's true, except they have to be able to get the guys they want. What they can't do is just take whatever's available. The answer can't be that you're using that extraordinary depth to add in a rental piece to a team that's not going to win a World Series anyway. And that is clearly going in the wrong direction. That becomes a a, a disastrous scenario. We, We go back to, like, we remember the Eduardo Rodriguez trade because we say, hey, look, you can justify Andrew Miller. That was worth it. It was worth it for the Orioles to say, let's give it a shot, right? Like, let's see if we can't you know, get this thing over the hump. And had they not dealt with the injuries they had dealt with, you could absolutely see a scenario by which the 2014 Orioles would have won a World Series. You
2: would have Wheaters, you would have Manny, if Davis didn't get suspended. All
0: of those things. Yep. If not for that, you could absolutely paint a picture where that team has a genuine chance to win a World Series. So you say to yourself, I'm, you know, I can live with that.
2: We think about trades, too. Like, then you skip to next year, the throwaway trade we were just but, talking about. What happens with Para? You throw away Davies, a and top And, look, Davies, prospect. for a
0: minute, looked like he was a thing. That ended pretty quickly. Yeah. It's not like Davies we went on to be Jake yesterday. Arietta or right. something yeah. like that. But, but yes, still. at the time, it was utterly unjustifiable. That 2015 team was going nowhere. Nope. They were going nowhere.
2: I knew that before the season started. Well,
0: you didn't know that. You thought yeah, that. I thought <laughs> that. I thought you thought that. that. Yeah. But you didn't that. know anything. <laughs> That 2015 team was going nowhere. They were spinning wheels. And you just threw away something for the sake of throwing it away. And this is the difficult part. I'm not trying to compare this to 2015 because, again, you don't give back 33. That number is still there. And it sets you up that we keep doing this math. Well, all you got to do is play 500 ball and you're okay. Well, right now you're not even playing 500 ball. And, again, it's not even you keep saying, well, everybody has bad weeks. It's not a week. It's a month plus of being a sub-500 team. It's not a week. It's a disastrous week. It's a month where you have not even been mid. I appreciate Kyle Gibson being like, hey, Tranquillo. Like, I'm, all, I'm all in on it. I try to not get worked up about things in my life anymore. I got the vasovagal syncope. Like I don't really want to deal with anxiety. I don't like those things anymore because I end up having my heart stop. I got problems everywhere, and I just try to be as cool as I possibly can in those moments. I don't like having to yell at, you know, days where we don't have guest book. I don't like that. I, I dig Tranquillo. I dig, hey, everybody calm down, relax, doing the Aaron Rodgers bit. It sounds a little bit different from Aaron Rodgers than Kyle Gibson. No offense. And I I like Kyle. He seems like a really good guy. And I appreciated him coming on the show. And I love what he's doing in the community. And I hope you go sign up to do Top Golf with him. But he stinks right now. And I can't pretend that's not the case. I can't just do the bit where I say, well, everything's going to be all right. I have no effing idea if everything's going to be all right. No clue.
1: So we throw the talent on the season? It's not
0: throwing the talent on the season. It's... This is the, the, this is the sports content that, like, I just don't have any... I can't see the future. I'm trying to figure out what this is. And what I don't think it is is an anomaly. I don't think that this is the strange part of the season. I think the strange part of the season is the part where they went 33-17. and 17. I think this, maybe not quite this bad, but I think being more of a 500-or-so team is a bit more representative of what the Orioles are on paper. Again, that can change. Gunnar Henderson could continue an assault on being American League Rookie of the Year in the second half of the season, and that would change a lot of things. If Grayson Rodriguez comes back and lights the world on fire, that would change something, but then, you know, they're going to have to shut him down at some point, so... I don't know. And if they do make smart trades... That would change things. I can't tell you how the future is going to play out, but I I am confident in saying that being dismissive of this any longer as it just being part of it. Two weeks ago when I first started asking this question, I could live with the answer of, this is just baseball. You have these stretches. This isn't a stretch. This is a prolonged period of time. And there... When I ask what is the pathway to it being better, in reason, in reason, what is that answer? And it's difficult. Again, there's a difference between difficult and impossible. I can't predict the future. I don't know. And I'm never going to start doing that today. Today's not going to be the day where I do hot take radio. Ah, the Orioles are going to be I'm not going to do that. Tomorrow then. No, not tomorrow. I'm not it's just brainless and stupid and there are plenty of places for you to go find that. If that's the content that you're looking for, you're not going to try, have to try all that hard, but having an adult conversation about what's going on, not trying to sugarcoat it, not trying to dismiss it, not trying to just say, you know, again, it's just, just baseball, you know, good teams lose games all the time. Right. But on paper, tell me why this is a good team. Where is that confidence? What is the hubris that exists that this is a good team? Because some of the things that go, have gone right, I think they're all, all of us are still like, hey, we kind of need to see Austin Hayes do this for the entirety of the season. Like, even the things that have worked, I, what are we definitely confident will continue? Batista, I think we're confident that Batista will continue. Someone might argue, well, he's never had a full season as a high-level closer. I don't think the skill set that requires... I think we all know that he's got it. I think we're all pretty confident that Felix Batista will be this guy for the entirety of a baseball season. But even then, within context, I think they could have used him for some more pitches. I think it's a problem for the Orioles. Their best reliever appears to have a hard out and no ability to go beyond an inning. I, I, I think that's troublesome. I think you need to be able to have your best, most reliable pitcher be able to go 33 pitches.
1: He's done two innings, right? Like he it. did it
0: in Toronto once. Okay. Once. 31 once. pitches, which was his high watermark for the season. And that's not a knock on Felix Batista. I don't know what it would look like if they tried to go 34 pitches for Felix Batista because they haven't done it. I am confident, however, that Felix Batista can be this. I think Cedric Mullins will be better than he's been since he returned from injury. Still, the range is impeccable, right? Like, my God. The play that he made on Sunday, insanity. And the only reason why they're not on a seven-game losing streak at this point. Because if he doesn't get right. to that ball, Katie bar the door. If not for that, they're, it's a complete free fall. But obviously, offensively, he has not been the same guy since he returned from injury. He was team MVP before he left. He's been next to nothing offensively since he returned, which I think you can say part of the projection, how does this team get better? Cedric Mullins returns to Cedric Mullins' offensive form, which is not Ken Griffey Jr., but is better than it's been. And that you can put into the equation.
2: He's only like got five hits since his return. and How many at-bats? Yeah. Oh, uh, let's, let's
0: yeah. yeah find it. I haven't pulled up the game log. I mean, I, 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 I know. Thirty-five. What's that? Thirty-five. Yeah. Five for
2: thirty-five. Yeah. His batting average when he came back was two fifty-eight. Dropped to two forty-five. I mean, that's that's the reality. Two RBIs, no homers.
0: And I'm not again. I, I don't think Cedric Mullins is a one forty-three hitter. No, he's not. I think he's going to be much better than that. But it's been part of the problem. It was exciting to have Cedric Mullins back. And defensively, it's been great, although I don't know what the F happened yesterday. I have no clue how to explain what happened on uh, what Torres scored for first on a single to left center field. Utterly unacceptable. Now, I think that's a little bit on everybody, and I think this is what happens when you're kind of in one of these...
1: These, these sputters or you
0: spirals.
2: Just, it, Torres really isn't like a speed no either. It seems like he is when he plays the Orioles.
0: He just noticed that nobody was in much of a rush to do anything, that everybody was kind of, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know if anybody's talked to Cedric Mullins about whether, He's, he sure as hell looked right on Sunday. Like on Sunday he looked yeah. right health-wise. You don't make that play if you're not right. But I don't know, there's been a couple times where I've thought maybe he was waiting for the ball to come to him instead of attacking the ball. And I've wondered if that was related to the injury. Hey, it's good to be back. Good to be back. Hi. Today's show is brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers now. Get $150 in bonus bets from DraftKings. After you place your first $5 bet, see this and other great sportsbook offers at PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. We come back in, Uh, Connor Newcomb, Locked On Orioles, is going to join us. We will get his thoughts as we're kind of taking a deep dive today on what's gone wrong, how concerned should we be, and how does it get fixed? We'll continue that conversation next. It's GCR.
3: Maryland drivers, did you know you can save up to 77% on tolls with an EasyPass Maryland discount plan? That's right, 77%. It's never been easier. Pick the plan that's right for you at driveezmd.com. We'll keep you moving.
1: The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Dave Ginsberg remembers Goose as he looks back on the impact that late Tony Saragusa had both on and off the field here in Baltimore. Plus, he explains how Goose's kids are working to continue that legacy with the Goose Flights program. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles the path Tyler Wells has taken to becoming a star in the Orioles rotation, and you'll find a special summer travel guide with information about events and activities throughout the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm Stores. And you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com.
4: The All-America Senior Game, powered by New Balance, will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com.
0: Your summer destination is closer than you think at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. With an expansive gaming floor and incredible dining options ready for you to explore, your adventure awaits. Dine at the new Koho Korean Barbecue House coming in July or on the patio at the Prime Rib. Enjoy the summertime breeze at Orchid Smoking Patio. Limited time packages starting at $229. What are you waiting for? Book now. At Arundel Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER.
3: Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge, 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard For more than 50 years They've been satisfying crab lovers In
4: and around Baltimore Make the most out of every day In your Toyota RAV4 Available in hybrid or gas only models A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style
6: Check out buyatoyota.com For deals on new RAV4s From your local Toyota dealer today Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along
0: on a Monday edition of the program. I'm a little jealous. My buddy uh, Aaron Oster, you know from jobbing out, is uh, watching Francis TFO right now. He is in London at the match, and I would uh, drastically prefer to be there, so no offense it's not like I'm angry about being here, coming back to work today. I just, I'd rather be there. That's the nature of it than a uh, difficult weather-wise in London today. Just a difficult uh, couple of days i them trying to get matches in. All right, we're doing a deep dive today, as we've been gone for a few days, about exactly where the Orioles are, exactly what kind of mess it is, and how concerned we should be Joining us now, friend of mine, host of the Locked on Orioles podcast. We welcome Connor Newcomb into the program. Connor, it's good uh, to chat with you. I don't think we've ever done this before, so I'm glad we're doing it today, man. I hope you had a great fourth.
7: Yeah, happy to do it for the first time. You know, maybe when the O's uh, win six out of seven, I I can come back on, but uh, happy to do it.
0: Well, I'm trying to get, like, what I really am trying to do is I have to admit to you, Connor, I have been... Kind of on the other side of this for three weeks. I have been more concerned than most Orioles fans are. I started this conversation on the radio show like three Sundays ago where I said, I don't you guys have noticed, but it's a couple of weeks of 500 ball, and there are some trends that I don't like, and I don't think Aaron Hicks and Ryan O'Hearn can carry you for the rest of a season. I don't think that's an option. So when everybody now starts to go to, like, hey, this is a bit concerning, I'm almost a bit beyond that. Like, I'm almost to the point of panic, and I'm trying to keep it in context because I still don't think that it's fair to judge this team by the fact that they got off to a 33-17 and start because that, to me, is the anomaly. What do you make of it's not just that they've lost six out of seven. That, to me, again, you can dismiss that as baseball. They've been a sub-500 team for over a month now what's going on? And is this a more true reflection of what this team is legitimately than the 33 and 17 start was?
7: Yeah. I think the one thing that helps is even a bad month, you can't nearly chalk up as much to baseball as you can six out of seven. Right. But because you play a six month season, you can a little bit. And that is a nice part here. Another nice part is what Kyle Gibson said after, you know, his better start than it had been, but still not great start yesterday was, hey, we got out to that amazing start to kind of fill in for the gaps like this. And Brandon Hyde has talked about this week how, you know, baseball teams hit ruts. He said this is his team's first rut. I think that's the good part where, yes, they had been playing pretty much 500 ball for about a month now, but it is nice that they never really hit the rut until now. Like the four-game losing streak last week was the longest of the season. That's good. Mm -hmm. They still haven't been swept. That's good. That makes it hard to really fall into long losing streaks. Now, if you're losing a lot of series, it doesn't really matter if you're not being swept, if you're losing two out of three every time. But I think right now we are seeing kind of the flip side of the O's. I think early on we saw, okay, this bullpen pulled it together. This offense is amazing. And the pitching staff is doing just enough. Right now we're seeing the, okay, everybody's slumping at the same time. They're not getting the same contributions from some of their guys in the lineup. The starting pitching is kind of the same that it's been all year. We're just getting fluctuating, worse bullpen, worse offense. And I think the team, honestly, Glenn, I think the team is somewhere in the in between mm-hmm. what we're seeing now and what we saw early in the year. And I think we're going to see that soon. I think the, the positive I bring out of it is the All-Star break could not be coming at a better time. Yeah, that's true.
0: Orioles. That's true. Although, boy, it would be tough if this goes into a full tailspin. I think it's a difficult thing for the front office. Like, if they were to go one and six in these seven games – I think it's a difficult thing for them and just how bold they're willing to be in making moves because you do have to measure exactly where you are. Connor, a couple things here. The question I'm asking is, what is it that fixes this? And I think that's the bigger, the more difficult part for me is it's easy for us to say the trade deadline, but we're kind of talking about Magic Beans a little bit when we say that. like Internally what like we can say hey we think the offense can be better right and like saying Cedric Mullins is probably better than what we've seen since he's come back from the injury no problem with that that Adley Rutschman maybe could still be even a little bit better than he's been I think it's fine to say that but pitching wise outside of those magic beans what gives us any confidence that the Orioles can solve this over the course of the next couple of weeks
7: I actually think it's interesting because I think everyone's thing would be to say okay better starting pitching whether it's you get better from within you make that trade to go get the starter right I actually think right now it's the relievers not named Cano and Bautista and that may have to come from outside the roster or outside the organization right now because guys are having their moments I I I would maybe put Danny Coulomb in the the group I would trust still even though he gave up that homer to Bader the other day but Brian Baker, you know, he's had the same kind of roller coaster season as last year, but he's been put in bigger leverage spots this year than he did last year, early in the season. You've had, you know, you don't know which version of Mike Bauman you're going to get, whether you're going to get strikes out the side or whether you're going to get throws, you know, eight balls out of 12 pitches. And I think a lot of inconsistency is really hurting the Orioles right now because Hyde by the end of last year, could go to Tate, he could go to Bautista, he could go to Perez, he could go to Baker, he could go to D.L. Hall that last month and a half of the year and basically knew he was going to get a clean inning out of those guys. That's not happening right now.
8: The starting pitching
7: is basically the same it's been all year, and it is kind of it is what it is. I mean, they should add a starter to get a little better, but I think the one thing that needs to happen, and it hurts even more that just as CNL Perez hit his stride, he goes on the injured list. The guys like Brian Baker need to get back to what we know they can be and Brandon Hyde just needs more trustworthy guys in the middle innings because I think the offense, as you said, Mullins and Rushman, they will find it again. This offense is still a top 10 offense in baseball, I think, especially with Couser and Westburg here now. I just think Brandon Hyde needs some guys he can trust right now, and I truly think he has three pitchers in the bullpen he can trust at this moment.
0: I mean, you know, they flirted. Bauman's had his moments, right? Like, But it's just been too inconsistent for me to be able to – like, there were moments where I would have had him as the third guy that you could trust. But, I mean, my God, yep. what he did in the 10th inning a couple weekends ago was unbelievable. But, yes, to your point, yep. uh, it hasn't been consistent enough. We're chatting with Connor Newcomb here on GCR Locked on Orioles podcast. Um, I, Connor, I, I, yeah, right? Like, yeah, but I don't – can we say that the – like, I, I, one of the difficult parts for me about Kyle Gibson's, is I appreciate the Tranquillo and I like Kyle Gibson, but like, it's, it's not, it's been disastrous for Kyle Gibson of late. Like, it's not just been kind of not good enough, it's been a mess. And I, maybe we have enough of a track record for Kyle Gibson in his career to believe that that's going to be fixed, but this to me comes off as particularly problematic because he was the guy that you were supposed to be counting on for at least innings, if not, you know, good quality starts every fifth time out. His last seven starts, I mean, this is an abomination, what we have seen of late from Kyle Gibson.
7: Yeah, it's been bad, and those two starts prior to the one yesterday, I mean, really ballooned his numbers. I mean, those two were non-competitive, doesn't keep you in the game, doesn't do anything for you, and the O's got beat in both those games. That he pitched. Now, if he goes out and gives you six innings, four runs every time, that's not great, but you can do something with that. Of course, that was his line from Tuesday's game. Yeah. The pitcher he was the first month and a half of the year when he had a three-five ERA and he was giving them six innings and he was, you know, throwing ground ball after ground ball. That's what they need from Kyle Gibson. What actually concerns me as much as the last restarts where, you know, I mean, even though he settled in yesterday, I mean, to go four pitch walk, two run homer to start the game yesterday, which is kind of emblematic of what's been happening to the Orioles. But I do worry a little bit because the Kyle Gibson to the last few years, even when he's been good, when he was an all-star with the Rangers, when he was good, you know, when he got traded over to the Phillies initially, he has really tailed off in the second half of seasons. He was really great that all-star year with Texas. He went over to Philadelphia and he was not the same pitcher after the trade deadline. Last year in Philly, he was a part of their rotation until September. He was so bad, you know, he was in their playoff run. He was on the roster just to be a mop-up guy. I mean, he pitched like twice in the playoffs in like eight-run games. That was it. They basically gave up on him. And I am worried that this could continue in the second half. And Kyle Gibson's a guy who you talked about, you know, you bring him in as your guy to eat innings. That's someone you feel like you have to at least be able to rely on every fifth day to save your bullpen. You can't rely on him or Cole Irvin right now, and that is the bad spot the O's rotation is in because Dean Kramer can give you a good start, and Kyle Bradish can give you a good start, and Tyler Wells has been good, and Grayson Rodriguez will be back. But I don't count on any of those guys to give you seven innings on every, any given day. I feel like Gibson and Irvin at their best can and can eat those innings throughout a season. That's where the concern is for me is, like, in that second half, can you fill all those innings? And right now, you can't put that stress on the bullpen because it's not even holding up now. Yeah. How's it going to hold up then? All
0: right, let's, let's get to the point of the positives. Let's talk about Colton Kouser. What What is reasonable to expect from Colton Cowser as he arrives?
7: I think in terms of production, like give him a little bit of time. Um, I don't think he's going to play against a lot of lefties early either. Uh, but That's still going to put him in the lineup a good amount. Yep. It'll be interesting to see what the roster move is today because my worry is this could mean an Austin Hayes IL stint just because if they're calling up Kowser, it's going to mean they want to play him a good amount similar to when they called up Westberg. Okay. But I do think for Kowser, he's going to use the whole field. He is going to use the vast left field of Camden yards to his advantage, hitting the other way. He's going to hit for a little bit of pop. You don't have to worry about him defensively first getting up here. Like he's going to patrol a corner outfield spot. Well for you he's not going to hit third in a couple of weeks. Like he's not going to do what Gunnar Henderson did when he first came up, but you're going to have him at the bottom of the order. He's going to be another productive left-handed hitter. And the strikeouts have been way down for him this year in AAA. That was an issue last season. It might be a little bit of an issue early just because he's a rookie, but I don't think that'll be a huge concern. And he'll be a nice kind of positive, just maybe spark to this lineup that they, they kind of need desperately right now. And again, you know, you don't want to put your expectations sky high, but, you have a better number seven hitter right now in the lineup than you did yesterday.
0: Uh, to the point, I, I think that most people are assuming that the, the roster move will be Ben boom, right? like that, why, why in God's name would you be carrying three catchers again at this point? But I understand what you're saying, which is sure, but that doesn't clear any playing time right now for Colton. Callouser exactly. If the answer yeah. is Ben boom. So I understand what it is that you're saying there. Do we, feel like we're like even even Jim Palmer's kind of coming out and and guns blazing about Jorge Mateo at this point um do we feel like we're approaching a a moment of my god Joey Ortiz is tearing the cover off the ball there is I know that we all think that Ortiz is the trade bait but like at some point what are we doing here do we feel like we're getting any closer to there being some sort of decision about Jorge Mateo
7: I think he's done Um, I think we saw this when Westberg first came up, how much more Mateo sat that last week. And then, you know, everybody freaked out um, in those first two games, or at least that Monday game in New York that he was back in the lineup. Well, Westberg took that pitch to the wrist and was not okay for a day. Now he's back in there. I really do think between Westberg and Henderson and Arias, you're just going to have those guys patrolling the left side of the infield. And I get that Adam Frazier hasn't been great, but I would take him tenfold any day over what Jorge Mateo is giving you right now. And at least he gives you another left handed bat. Mateo's giving you nothing. Now, I would keep him on the bench because what he did in that Saturday loss to Minnesota, where he came off the bench and he pinch ran and immediately stole second on the first pitch in a one run game, you don't really have anybody else that can do that off the bench. So yeah. I'd keep him on the roster. But I think with Westburg, you know, luckily didn't break anything on that hit by pitch. He's good. Gunnar's still swinging the bat solid, and you have Arias and Frazier there as, you know, you hope league average players. I just (laughs) think Mateo's (laughs) kind of, yeah. Well, Arias is. Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Hope um, is an interesting
0: word because, yes, hope.
7: Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, but I think Mateo's done. I think the really interesting part here is, I wouldn't ship them off the roster entirely because I think that that pinch running is valuable, so, and it's just going to be how valuable is that to take up a roster spot versus having Joey Ortiz, where you'll feel a little bit better actually putting them.
0: So that's the interesting part to me is like, I, and again, I I am struggling with with I I think that Brandon Hyde deserves credit because you can't create this type of culture without there being significant buy-in towards the manager I don't think that works so whatever you think of Brandon Hyde I don't think you can dismiss that there is a culture that exists here and that he deserves at least some credit for that but one thing that I think we would all say about Brandon Hyde is when guys are on the roster he's going to play him that's sort of one of the things and you could say maybe that's coming from somewhere above him but since he's been here there have not been guys who were only here to be uh, I would compare it to the Ravens where like you're not allowed to just be a third down pass rusher like you've got to be a football player Um, they don't really do that here. And so I, I'm torn because what you just said I completely agree with, that Jorge Mateo would have value to a team as a late-inning pinch runner who can go in and play defensively afterwards, and you feel confident in those things. But are we confident that the Orioles would be willing to use a player that way versus if Jorge Mateo is going to be on the team, he's going to have to get regular at bats, and that's, you're not solving the problem unless you get rid of him.
7: I think the one guy that lets us think they could do this is Ryan McKenna. Because if you really look recently, McKenna has not started a lot of games. Like he has played in a lot of games because he's always replacing Santander, replacing someone out there in the outfield. He has not started a whole lot of games this year, and he has been rostered all season. And so it is tough to say, can you roster two of those guys? So I do think if Mateo goes to a full-time bench role – McKenna probably ends up in Norfolk because I just don't think you can have two of those guys who are only playing against lefties and are defensive replacements on your roster. And I don't think the Orioles want to carry 14 hitters and 12 pitchers for very long. They need as many arms as possible. So they're going to go back to 13 pitchers here at some point. So it could be at the expense of McKenna, but it's tough because I think McKenna can hit better than Mateo right now. But if neither of them are getting that many at-bats, I think I'd rather have that blazing speed of Jorge McEnany. He can change the game as a pinch runner. I agree. And not many players can do that, right. and I would just rather have that in the McKenna. I think they're willing to make that change and put him
0: on the bench. The, the mid-10s Royals did this. They had, like, three guys on their roster that were just pinch runners, right? They had, uh, 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 God, Terrence Gore and Billy Hamilton. Yeah, Terrence and, Gore and
7: Ger- Gerard Dyson. And, yeah, Gerard yeah, they Dyson. Were
0: yeah, they were, they were absolutely in favor of carrying those guys and stealing bases. Uh, at that point. All right, uh, uh, Connor, perfect world for you. Uh, uh, Create it for me. Create the using the glut of infield prospects or whatever else you want to use to go get ideal but within reality help that you can get. Create for me the perfect trade that you'd like to see the Orioles make.
7: Yeah, I actually talked about this on uh, today's episode of the podcast, putting together rental packages that the Orioles could get if they want to go that way. So, okay, you know what? I meant to
0: bring that up because I saw the tweet that you sent out. I, I have been cons- – the entire time I've said, I don't think I can do rental. I don't think I can do it because I just don't think that you can get this towards a point where you're winning a World Series, and I'm not ready to be giving up pieces without being able to think that that's a championship-caliber team. You're willing to explore rentals.
7: I'm willing to explore rentals because I think the system is so deep there's another draft coming, and you don't have to give up Jackson Holiday, Grayson Rodriguez to get a rental player. You just don't. They're cheaper. Um, and I think they have the infield prospects that are never going to play at the big leagues. Like I love Connor Norby. Right. I struggle to find a spot where he plays on this Orioles team in the future. So-, so I just feel like players like that can be sent away for guys who, yeah, you only get for two months, but it might help you. Maybe they like it enough to resign for a cheaper deal. I get it. I get that John Angelos probably isn't going to pay these guys. And I get it's tough for two months when this team might not be a world series winner this year, but you got to start competing sometime and I think they could go after the rentals.
0: So here's I I agree with the thought about Norby I would just on the flip side say I'd rather that be a package like I'd rather it be Norby and Ortiz and Mayo to try to go get you a start you know to try to whatever you feel about Dylan Cease right now I'm just going to use that as a name because I get it he has not been great this season but a guy who's got a few years of control at that point like I'd rather use those guys in a package to go get somebody that I think could be part of a World Series winning team in the next couple of seasons.
7: And I agree with that. That's like number one on the wish list would be a guy like Dylan Cease. You know, if you could package to the White Sox, you know, players like probably Norby and Mayo and maybe a Samuel Basayo, and you could go get Cease and a reliever from the White Sox. I mean, The one thing about the White Sox this year, they've been terrible, but that bullpen has pretty good parts in it that I think they're gonna sell all of them away. And you could go get a reliever and a cease for a couple of those prospects. And you you try to get a controllable reliever too, a guy that you'll have for a couple of years, and you can get it done. And one other name that I saw put out there by John Becker of Fangrass, who was kind of floated in trade a year ago before he got injured, is Terek Skubal of the Tigers. Mm. He just returned yesterday, his first start in a year after shoulder surgery. He was on a pitch count, but he threw four hitless innings yesterday before they took him out of the game. He was awesome before he got injured last year. The Tigers were floating him as kind of the next guy they would trade as part of their Rebuild number two, Electric Boogaloo, because rebuild number one didn't work. Um, He's got, like, four years of control. He's got ace-type stuff from the left side. If the O's wanted to make the big splash, that's where I would go. But I do think the names like Lucas Giolito, like Jordan Montgomery, some of those guys who are rentals might be in the Orioles' favor just because I think pitching prices are going to be so steep this year because everybody feels like they're in the playoffs especially because of the central divisions, everybody needs pitching. And so the rentals are going to be cheaper. And I just think anybody who has more than a half year of control is just going to be outside of the price range that Elias and the Orioles are willing to give up. That's kind of why I think they might go rental.
0: Uh, Connor, remind everybody about the podcast and where they can find you on social media.
7: Yeah. Locked on Orioles, uh, the podcast five days a week, about 30 minute episodes, just covering the O's every single day. Um, You can find us at locked on Orioles on Twitter.
0: Tony Newcomb, really appreciate you, man. Let's do this again, all right? I, I, I tell you what, this will be a promise. We'll, we, we'll wait to do this again until there's something more pleasant, until things have gone well. Perfect. Like, if we get a week where you can hit me up, right, say, hey, dude, happen to notice they've won six out of seven. Can you call me back? Like, we'll do that, all Perfect. right, so we can have more fun. Perfect. Then. Six
7: out of seven wins. I'll yeah, be back. All
0: right. Appreciate you, buddy. Good to talk to you. Thank you, Glenn. Connor Newcomb locked on Orioles with us here on GCR appreciate him taking the time this morning and you know I thought that was reasonable I I I understand what he's saying that you have to hope that one of these other guys in the bullpen and yes to the point Perez did look like he was kind of turning. although we got to be fair about that like even that was measured low leverage like it looked like maybe he was kind of turning the corner and then of course he gets hurt so that's obviously quite troublesome um I am worried about the Austin Hayes thing is a bummer on two levels, right? Like, it would be bad news if if the Kowser move is for Hayes. It's bad news that you don't have Hayes through the All-Star break. It's dreadful for him that he would lose out on his first All-Star appearance. Like, it would just be catastrophic. And honestly, I bet it's part of the reason why the Orioles were not quick. Like, I, I think they were going to do everything in their power that if there was any chance... He could be ready by next week. They wanted to do that favor for him. But it's difficult because then you're playing 25 on 26, right? Like, that's a difficult thing to do, to waste a roster spot for a while while trying to protect your guy and give him a chance to participate in the All-Star game. And I don't know if, like, baseball is willing to bend rules on things like that, but, you know, you can only put them on the IL retroactive to Sunday, and you guys can do the math on 10 days after that point, and that does not get you back in time for the All-Star game. So – I could see why the Orioles would want to defer to Austin Hayes and give him the opportunity to say, I don't need to be on the IL. I could be back by Sunday and give him that opportunity to have that. And I, I would assume he would still get to take the trip and go out there, but he wouldn't be able to play in the All-Star game. And that's, I mean, just killer yeah. for a guy that's that's slated to make his first All-Star appearance. would just be absolutely brutal. For him, if that ends up being the case, but we'll see. I don't want to get ahead. I I understood yeah. the I point mean, that Connor was making. While we're all assuming that
1: Ben Boom is very easy, Ben
0: Boom's the guy. Even McKenna. They don't typically operate on like they. If you're bringing up Kausler, if you're doing something that's that's bolder, I mean, Michael Elias was just saying it the other day. Like part he should he could be here now. We don't have a place for him to play.
1: Austin Hayes gets hurt the <sighs> next day.
0: Yeah. You know. I understand the point that Connor is making. I I hope he's wrong, you know what I mean, like for everybody's sake, because it's bad for the Orioles, because it's bad for Austin Hayes. I hope that he's wrong, but I completely understand why it is that he's concerned that that's the case. All right, hour number one of today's show. We're winding down. By the way, I am finally getting up Would You Rather Wednesday scenarios. That's on me. We were in a scramble before the show because reasons. So I didn't post them, and I'm sorry. I'm going to finally get them up. We'll talk about them. You'll still get a full 24 hours to dissect them. Uh, Griffin told us last week he cheats and waits till the end of the show on Thursday anyway, anyway. so you get plenty of time. We'll get them up. We'll go over them. Uh, Today's show brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas, from your local Toyota dealer today. Uh, we'll continue this sort of dissection of what's going on, how concerned should we be. Our buddy Ken Weinman from 105.7 The Fan will check in with us next. Still to come this morning, we'll preview what it is that we're getting in Colton Couser. Uh Pete Michoud from uh, the, the play-by-play voice of the Norfolk Tides. Norfolk. Norfolk Tides. Nor- Norfolk. God, Nor- Norfolk. Norfolk. I'm just going to keep saying Norfolk. It's not Norfolk. Not there. That's how you know you're not from there. If you go down there and say that, I, I get it. I'm not, so it's what it is. But it's sort of like Louisville. Um, Louisville. No, definitely not that, and not Louisville. No matter how many times you try to say it, they will make sure you know it's Louisville.
1: Louisville.
5: That's Louisville.
0: Louisville. No, Louisville. Louisville. Uh, uh, Andrew Stecker reminded me there's a, a town in uh, Arizona that's spelled P-R-E-S-C-O-T-T, and when you move there, you're like, oh right, Prescott. And they're like, nope, Prescott. 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 It's like Lancaster. 100%. Lancaster. 100%. It's not Lancaster. That's what I always say. Yep. Lancaster. All right. Uh, We will do that still to come in hour number two of GCR.
5: Another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. It starts on the 14th with our big hitter bobblehead, Connor Norby for the first 750 fans. Saturday sees our special circus night with post-game fireworks. And Sunday features the Kobe Mayo Squish Pillow with special ticket package. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at baysox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox. Let us be your nine-inning vacation. The All-America
4: Senior Game powered by New Balance will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game. And if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com.
3: energy expert for 44 years save money energy and make your home more comfortable and virus free find us at ajmichaels.com that's ajmichaels.com
1: The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Dave Ginsberg remembers Goose, as he looks back on the impact that late Tony Saragusa had both on and off the field here in Baltimore. Plus, he explains how Goose's kids are working to continue that legacy with the Goose Flights program. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles the path Tyler Wells has taken to becoming a star in the Orioles rotation, and you'll find a special summer travel guide with information about events and activities throughout the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm Stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com.
8: That first sip.
7: That
8: first bite.
6: If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com pressbox online, and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait, did I say Grindr? I don't think that you would find it on Grindr. Not that I know it's on Grindr or anything, I, I swear! Second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn.
0: All right, back in here on GCR. I just got Would You Rather Wednesday scenarios up on Facebook at facebook.com slash pressboxsports, so you can find them there. We'll get them up on Twitter here in a moment. It's, as always, brought to you by birdlandsports.com, and you can win a T-shirt of your choice from Birdland Sports just by participating. Not not everyone. It's not like everyone who participates gets a T-shirt of their choice. It's somebody, one person, will be chosen as a winner
1: I mean, if you pay money, you can get whatever t shirt. Well, yes,
0: and that's the point. You can go to birdlandsports.com and purchase whatever t shirt you would like, but uh, only one of you will end up winning by participating. But in order to win, you got to participate. I feel like I didn't, I just drove that out like an over explained it. It shouldn't have required that much. It should be. We've been doing this for a long time. You should be able to figure it out. Uh, Continue to try to dissect what's going on with the Orioles right now and how concerned we should be about it. Uh, It's fun to catch up with our buddy. You hear him on Inside Access every afternoon on 105.7 The Fan. He is Mr. Ken Weinman, and he is back with us here on GCR. Kenny Ballgame, what's going on, brother? Did I
9: win the T-shirt?
0: Yes, we got you hooked up with the – we're going to give you the Big Hicks Energy T-shirt celebrating (laughs) Aaron Hicks. Hey, uh, this is important for you. Have you tried the hers John's roast pork-flavored potato chips yet?
9: I have not. I saw. So here's the thing. I I, I love their cheesesteak. I've never had their roast pork sandwich. What are you doing with your life? What in the world?
0: Oh, man. Uh,
9: And I've been there multiple times, like literally multiple times, but I've, every time I get the cheesesteak.
0: Brother, I'm telling you, first of all, everybody tells me the cheesesteak, too, and I always get the roast pork when I go, and everybody always like, dude, what are you doing? It's the greatest cheesesteak you'll ever have in your life. And I'm like, yes. yes, yes, that's probably true, but this sandwich that's in front of me, this sandwich with the pork and the sharp provolone and the broccoli rub, and then you throw on the hot sauce on top of it, I can't do better than this. There is no way humanity offers us a better sandwich. So I actually have never had the cheesesteak.
9: Oh, wow. Well, we we'll have to go and do the opposite. You'll right. get the cheesesteak, right. and I'll let's, get the, san- let's, the pork let's try. sandwich.
0: I, don't, I know that they, they're they cowards, and they move the game to the campus facility, so tickets won't be easy, but let's try to go mm-hmm. up for the Mil- Maryland-Villanova game next year. And we'll make Absolutely. a stop at John's Roast Pork,
9: all right? Like yeah, Griffin, I love the main out. line. I went to high school in the main line. Find so, yeah. out
0: find out what tickets are, are running for for that game. Because I'm guessing okay. that you know, like it those, those so it's so funny that they said, eh, we're a little nervous about that. Let's play it yeah, on yeah, campus. Yeah. <laughs> it's,
9: like Team it's Heart Revenge game.
0: Yeah. <laughs> there is that. That's a great point. Yeah. You know yeah. what? You say that, you joke about that. But I think we've all remembered many Maryland basketball games, and like a kid from Baltimore that never got recruited by Maryland. Yes. Wait, oh, my yes. God. Was it Leon Williams from Ohio University? Ohio <laughs> University came in and beat Gary Williams because Leon no. Williams like went off for 30 points or something like that.
5: And,
9: and then you had the whole made-up Hunter Dickinson never got oh, recruited by Maryland. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah,
0: well, you know, he was able to make up for that this time when they wanted him.
9: Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah yes, he was. He went yeah, well. yeah, All right, dude. Um, I'm trying to get to this. I, I am not – I-, I will admit I'm probably on the-, the-, the bad side of this. I am, to say, concerned. I- I- I've been concerned for three weeks. Like, three mm-hmm. weeks ago, Reed and I were doing a show, and I, I did an entire hour about, are, are we going to talk about how they've been a 500 team for the last three weeks? Like, are we going to have a conversation about it? Now they're a sub-500 team for over a month. And yeah. I get it. This is baseball, and teams, like, losing six out of seven, that happens. Everybody likes to point out the 83 World Series team lost seven in a row twice, right? Like, I understand that. But I don't know which is is a truer reflection of what the Orioles are. I don't know if this is more realistic or if 33-17 and 17 over the first 50 games is more realistic. And I'm concerned... That being about a 500 team, given what they have on paper, is probably a little bit closer. Which doesn't mean they have to give back 33 and 17, but it's probably no. a little bit closer to what they are.
9: I, I think both sides are fair because baseball is such a different animal than every other sport, and it, like it, it truly is. And I hate the cliche here, but it truly is the marathon, not the sprint. And, and uh, they they came into they come into play today with the fourth best record in all of baseball. And as you just said earlier, you, you can't take that away from them. That, that's where they are. Am I concerned about some of the struggles? Yeah, they couldn't hit it all against Minnesota. Give their pitching a, a little bit of credit. Uh, they blow the game against the Yankees on Monday, yesterday. One of the biggest concerns is the starting pitching and the bullpen. For me, they've overworked the bullpen, and they've only got three guys they can trust. And the starting pitching, Gibson has not been good of late. Uh, Cole Irvin stinks. Uh, I would assume Grayson Rodriguez is making his next start here after dominating in AAA yesterday, but he hasn't proven he can pitch uh, consistently at this level. Uh, I think it goes back to the offseason and the lack of moves they made this offseason. Signing Adam Frazier, and Adam Frazier's gotten some key hits for them, but they're overloaded with infielders. Was that really a need? Kyle Gibson, nice player, but couldn't they have gone out and gotten – Ah, uh, Nathan Avaldi, who wasn't super expensive. I was screaming for Avaldi and J.D. Martinez this offseason. and Martinez because I, I both those guys, especially Martinez, they needed a guy in the clubhouse that guys would revere because they've been there before. And, and with all due respect for Kyle Gibson and and Adam Frazier, they're vets, but really, what have they done in the majors? Like they, the guys respect them, but it, it, it's a different ball game when you bring in a guy that's been there before and won it before, and these guys haven't.
0: So, what is the blueprint for you, Ken? Like, what within reason changes this? And again, I'm trying to separate the trade deadline because you know the trade deadline's still magic beans until yeah. They well, actually... But you can't separate it though. It's well, a month it. away, and I know, and it, it matters. But part of it is like I don't know with certainty that they're definitely going to do something. I think they will, but I don't know that. Yeah.
9: So even well, if... you know, my okay. my co-host wants them to go get Otani, which I think is ridiculous. Oh, yeah, that's you, not you, going you don't. To well, the other thing is you don't build this thing for three, four, whatever years to to the machine you have, and then you blow blow some of it up for two months to show That's just To me, that doesn't make sense. But I think you go out – they're probably going to go out and get a couple rentals. I think they have to get another bullpen arm because I don't think they're going to get anything from Dylan Tater Michael Givens this year. And as I mentioned earlier, other than Coulomb, Canel, and Batista – who do you trust in that pen? They need mm-hmm. another arm. I think they need a legit starter, whether it's Giolito or um, Eduardo Rodriguez or, or like, whoever it, it is, they need another arm that they can trust. So you know and I know in postseason baseball now, it's become a bullpen game. As mm-hmm. soon as a starter gets in trouble, mm-hmm. they pull the starter.
0: So, okay. So that I agree with. I am still – the interesting part is what you say about – like, I have been opposed to rentals in general because I just can't create a scenario by which I believe this team can get to winning a World – I mean, even – look, Otani's not happening. It's not even worth
9: the conversation.
8: No, No, it's silly.
0: even with Otani, I don't think I could create a scenario by which I think this team wins a World Series.
9: Well, uh, and here's the thing. The only way i trade for Otani is if you... It, it, like, it's a hypothetical. If he guarantees you a World Series, but you, you can't do that. You right. can't guarantee right. me a World Series. So, right. but like, I, hey, would I love for them to trade for, say, Dylan Cease, who you that, have some, yes. some team control? Sure, but I, I think at the end of the day... And here's the other thing. Like, they and you can't criticize anything Mike Elias has done because he's turned this franchise Mm -hmm. from just disgusting to now the best farm system in baseball. And they contended last year and they're a playoff team right now. But the one thing they haven't done is they haven't put a ring on anybody. They're renting everybody. No, there's not a single guy that they've given a multi-year contract to. And until they do that, you have to be reluctant. By the way, can I mention there's no lease yet? Where where the hell's that? Like like there's no they're not putting a ring on it and I'm not saying they're moving cuz that's a joke. Right. But like why hasn't the lease been signed yet? There's a lot about this franchise that that makes you Frustrated. it At oh, least makes me frustrated. A
0: thousand percent. Ken Weinman is with us here on GCR. And again, I'm I'm with, and I think the lease is going to get done. But obviously, it has, sure to, it has to get done. Like we're at a point where something has to give. And yes, they're it's not July fifth. Where is it? I'm with you. I like. I remember you know the mayor telling us, hey, the All Star break seems like about the time. And so I'm still kind of yeah. holding out hope. That that's gonna be news next week and we'll deal with that then, but I'm not too worked up about it. But I understand the point. And I, I would go back to like money being the, the greater equalizer. Yes, it it I would still like to see them for the sake of this fan base doing the thing where they announce somebody has signed long term. Anyone at all. Yeah.
9: Like I whether Dude, you, you and I you <laughs> and I both, if they would have signed Nathan Avaldi and JD Martinez each to two year deals, then that's not a huge commitment. Right. But it says a lot more. Than just going out and and getting these one year journeyman kind of guys. Right.
0: Yes, I I am completely with you. I am completely with you. And I look. I know that Cedric Mullins has been rough since he returned offensively because defensively mm-hmm. he's been great. He's been rough offensively since he returned. Um, but I was okay with it being that guy. Like, just somebody. Yeah, tell, me too. T- tell me. Tell me there's someone that's going to be a part of this thing five years from now. Like, just say we're doing things differently and buy in a little bit more than you bought in in the past. That's all I've been waiting for.
9: Um, yeah, I, stop pocketing all the money.
0: The, the rental thing is tough for me because I, I, I get it. And if you can get, you know, a piece and all you got to do is give up Judd Fabian, like, okay, I don't I don't want to be disrespectful to mm. Judd Fabian. Like, he's, he's, a, no. he's a good guy. But I'm okay with saying, "Hey, look, you know, you've got depth. You can give up something like that. I'm just not okay." To, to the point to me is, if you're giving up Norby and Ortiz or Mayo, somebody like that, I, I can't do anything like that unless it's a cease, unless it's someone, even a sure. Burns, somebody who has at least some control, because I can start mapping a. Hey, if Jackson Holliday gets here next year and Heston Kerstad's a legitimate middle of the order bat and all of those things, within the next year or two, I can start. And, you know, they still have to spend on another pitcher, probably. But I can start yeah, doing yeah. The, the math that can get you to a World Series. So if I'm trading from that top group of guys, it to me has to be for someone with a little bit of control.
9: Sure. And that takes you back to the Kohler Vendera naive trade. Like, I don't mm. mind trading her naive, but. Why not package him in a bigger deal for somebody else instead of for a guy who we now looks like in Cole Irvin, who's never going to be anything like Darryl Hernandez had no path to the majors here. Cause they have 700 middle infielders yep. that are better than him, yep. but he has value and look at him in the Oakland system. He's hitting like you could have packaged him in another trade instead of trading him for some, uh, frankly, stiff right now cole urban does not look like a major league hit uh pitcher he doesn't he doesn't miss bats he and he does and, he, and he's doing here what he didn't do in oakland and that's walk people and by the way you mentioned Kirstad. i think he's here before the end of the year i'm starting to think that way
0: i always assumed he was opening day next year but yes the way that he has performed i i probably would tend to agree with you although then you know, there's always this sort of flip side, which is they don't like bringing guys up unless they play, which is why we're worried that maybe... Yeah,
9: well, Cal- we can figure that out. Somebody's going to get hurt. Yeah, I, also, that's true. I don't I don't think Ryan Mountcastle's the future here. Oh. That's, yes. oh, I, ro- I wrote about that recently.
0: All right, so let's cover that, Ken, right? So let's talk about two guys that we feel like it's the other way. Uh, like, Mountcastle, at the 20 days is starting to approach, right? Like, yes. They can't keep him down there for forever unless they no. truly option him and that's a bold thing for them to do to option Ryan yeah. Mountcastle at this point. Are you just flatly giving up? Or are you just flatly optioning him and saying, "Dude, you're a minor league player"? Are you letting him come up and and at least hit against lefties for a little while and see if he can't be a guy again? Like, how are you handling this with Mountcastle?
9: I, I assuming and, and uh, I don't know what's the ver- you know like I I have no idea with the vertigo situation, but assuming he's healthy. I think at the very least you have to bring him up and at least like starting a platoon with O'Hearn, like, and maybe he grows into getting his job back. But I like all of his numbers to me trend in the wrong direction, and uh, I would love to give him the benefit of the doubt and say that that what was going on the last few weeks before he went on the IL was vertigo related. But he was looking very Chris Davisish at the plate, uh, just flailing mm-hmm. at stuff. Uh, I, and if you look at his numbers, he had the thirty home run season two years ago, but all the numbers are down each of the next two years. I, I just, I, I and also he's a right-handed first baseman. I think they'd like a left-handed first baseman. I, I just, I don't know that he is the future first baseman here. But I would bring him up. I would hope he gets hot. Maybe it increases his value because maybe he's part of a trade what in about, the offseason.
0: What about Mateo?
9: I, I've been done with Mateo for a long time. I don't think his defense is so much better than, say, a, Kelly, a Joey Ortiz, Ortiz or Gunnar Henderson that it, it puts a guy at shortstop who is giving you worthless at bats day after day after day. Like, they're not, not only are they ofers, they are horrible at bats. They are non competitive at bats. You can't steal first base. He has, like, he might, you can make the argument. That, in April, he was one of the best offensive players in baseball. since April, he's one of the worst offensive players in baseball. And I can't put him in the lineup every day i I've been done with him for a while. Uh, I know in April, my co-host was talking about extending him, and I was like, "Wait, a second, like, it's one month of baseball. Like let's slow down. And now he, he's i yeah, i don't I don't know that he's here when the dust settles. I think he's a nice piece off the bench, defensive replacement. Guy that can pinch run, steal a base. Beyond that, I don't want him in the starting lineup right now.
0: I think the the, the concern I because I would agree, right? Like you know you're not just flatly getting rid of him, because I do think he he helps you as a defensive placement. But at the same time, what I concern myself with is that like the Orioles don't like doing that. The Brandon Hyde era mm. is if you're on the team. I compared it earlier in the show to um, the Ravens not letting anybody, you know, they, they get unique in and they say, Well, you gotta play every down, and he can't do that, right? Like he's just not that player. He's only an, an edge rusher, he's a third down guy. They it, it feels like the Orioles in this era have said, if you're on the team, you've gotta play. Like that's the way that it works. We're not doing the the bit where, you know, like the Royals had Terrence Gore and Billy Hamilton and just said, All you are is late inning pinch runner types like it just feels like the Orioles don't do that so that would be my only concern is like in ideal world yes I think Mateo's that guy but are the Orioles willing to have a roster spot for a player that they only use in that way
9: well they they better because (laughs) and, and granted they've only been a good team now for a little over a season And, uh, like, uh, do I think they're stubborn? Do I think they're deliberate? Like, they cost themselves uh, Grayson Rodriguez a year ago by being overly deliberate with him in the minor leagues. And he got hurt in his last minor league start and then never pitched up here. Like, he should have been up two starts prior. Uh, I I think that they need to change their spot. I think Brandon is incredibly stubborn like with the way he handles his rotation, with the way he handles his bullpen. I, I think a leopard needs to change his spots a little bit, but I am with you that they are a stubborn organization or something. And I think they're over overly reliant on analytics it, and, and granted, it gives you a lot of good things, but sometimes you just gotta, you, you gotta factor in the human part of this. You can't, and back to Mateo, dude, you can't have him in the lineup every day. He's, he's absolutely a black hole in the, in the lineup. It, it's, it's a worthless it, – he's got, like, no home runs and 10 RBI since May 1st. Um,
0: I'm like, with you. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. <laughs> and I get it. It's tantalizing because in the moments where he's produced, you're like, God, he could be so good, but yeah. stop, stop. And I also understand uh, their issue is they don't they don't want to give up on him because they know another bad baseball team would be willing to take a
9: chance on him. Like they, they Well, in a moment – yeah, make him a role player and get McKenna off this roster. He's got options.
0: I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Like I, I like Ryan. He's a great guy, but I mean, you
9: don't. need Seems him. like a good dude, but yeah. we're trying to win baseball games.
0: Well, and the and the flip side being, you don't need a late inning. I, I, it's so funny to me. Like the hilarity is, you don't necessarily need. It's not like Anthony Santander is a butcher. It's not like he's a dreadful right fielder. I, we all saw the catch he made against the Royals. Like he yeah. can play in the outfield, and. My God, if if Felix Batista is giving up a run, it's most likely going to be a home run anyway. It's not likely no, I, that it's going to be that they worked an inning together because they stole an extra base when, when Santander was in the game instead of McKenna.
9: Well, with with Cowser coming up, Hicks makes McKenna redundant. He's better. Right, right. that's a good Like, answer. he can be – like, they, they all – I get it, and and Santander misplayed a fly ball. What was it against Cincinnati the other night? It, it, he, he doesn't run as well as Hicks. Well, guess what? Hicks can be that guy. Like uh, and Santander is a fine defensive outfitter. He, he he just doesn't run very well. But right. Hicks is now a much better Ryan McKenna.
0: All right, uh, I'm going to have you play Would You Rather Wednesday because you're here. Um, I'm going I'm to throw these at you. Did you see this viral tweet that was going around yesterday about uh, 10, 10 carries to get five yards in the NFL? Did
9: you see this tweet by chance? I, I did not, but I assume it's a little like you get $1 million, yes, And I saw the one about the NBA, or you yes, get $20 million if you score 15 points. So
0: I themed all of Would You Rather Wednesday today around this concept, right? Like I themed mm-hmm. it around this concept. So I'm just acknowledging these were not my original – well, they were – You'll get it. That, that the theme is around yes. that concept. So the first one was the one that started this whole thing, and I just changed the numbers a little bit. I'll give you $1,000, or you get 10 carries to try to get five, five yards in an NFL game as a running back. And if you do, you get $100,000. Uh,
9: I'm taking the 1000 but I am curious. Who's my offensive line?
0: So they, it appears that the person that started this thing said you could pick your own offensive line.
9: Oh. Yeah, mm-hmm. that does seem relevant. I agree. Yes. It, yeah, I Break open a huge hole. Uh, even Le'Veon Bell could get a few yards uh, a couple of years ago. That's when He couldn't run anymore. Yes. And if I've ha- if I've but got, I'm taking the, I'm taking the thousand. I I, I I I am far from fast or strong, so I'm taking and, the thousand.
0: And, and I'm in the same boat. The funny thing is, like this started with it was I think like a million dollars, or you would get a hundred million dollars if you got. To- I'm like, who would ever just say no to ten a million dollars?
4: Like my God. Yeah. Imagine the- I could be the what? fastest
0: guy in the world, and if I'm risking losing a million dollars, I'll pass. No thanks. Well, wasn't
9: the one wasn't the one you get a million dollars or you get 20 half court shots for 100 million yeah. but if you don't hit one you go to jail for yeah. 20 years. I or saw something, something like that. Like yeah. that. yeah.
0: I, I didn't yeah. my next one is you get $1000 or $100,000 you get 10 swings against Felix Batista to get one ball out of the infield. <laughs>
9: No, I, I I when I when I was in Liberty Road Little League I could throw and catch I couldn't hit. So I sure okay. as hell ain't hitting Felix Baptiste. I I
0: have heard a lot of people say, "Well, if I can just make contact, the ball be coming oh, in." Yeah, fast. it's going to go. The ball's going to yeah. be coming in fast enough that it doesn't really matter if I have a good swing or not. It's going to go out of the infield, right?
9: And I hear the argument. Do, do these do these schmoes realize how fast that ball's coming it's in? insanity.
0: Like there's just you, your brain cannot can cons can There was a video from the College World Series of like an umpire Cam, of a, a ball coming in. This is the college level when you've got yeah. an aluminum bat, and it's hopeless. Like it is utterly mm. hopeless. You have no clue what you're doing up there.
9: Uh, let, let me tell you. So I'm sitting. My brother's got great seats at Camden Yards, and I'm sitting in his seats on when. What Wednesday night was the night that uh, De La Cruz got on with the infield hit and yes. then the bunt, and they had first yes. and third, nobody out. Yes. Those next two guys were trying to hit the ball, <laughs> and. Right. Uh, they, they're they professionals, and yeah. they had no chance.
0: Yep, that's a great point. That is a great point. Uh, number three, all right, uh, you get $1,000 or $100,000. You can compete against Joey Chestnut in any eating. You get to come up with one. You get to decide, I think I can beat this guy in this for $100,000. Which would you rather?
9: So I actually did an appearance with Joey Chestnut at a Hooters and Harbor place about uh, this was pre-COVID about five years ago. That guy's an absolute machine. And and, and pe- people don't realize he doesn't just do hot dog eating. He yes. does everything. So you're, you're like, ah. so yeah, you're, you're not beating him in anything. It's uh, it, the, the, There is no downside to go after the hundred grand. It's like if you lose, you just don't get any money. But I, I think that I think safe money is, is where I go there because he's, he's, Ridiculous. All right.
0: Somebody took my answer though, and this week we we did this on the show yesterday. Um, I I think that I would, however, have an inherent advantage in cracking crabs. So if the competition was eating crabs and it's not just meat that's pulled out, like you gotta actually pull your own meat out.
9: Yeah. No, that's true. I think. I didn't think
0: of that. I understand what you're saying about his capacity, but I have way more experience, I would think, in cracking crabs than he would have. And I think it would give me the opportunity in order to do that. So I'm just – I'm putting that – that might be the one that I'm willing to take a chance on.
5: Uh, it, it,
9: go ahead. Go the on. hypothetical rabbit hole of him not ever cracking crabs before. <laughs> right, and then right. Then we find out, out that David is
0: correct. He's just he's, – yeah. he's, 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 he's actually invented new ways to crack crabs. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and then finally, would you rather – have you seen the video of the roller coaster in Charlotte?
9: Yes, with the crack? Yes.
0: Would you rather? And I like roller coasters. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you a hundred dollars, or I'll give you a million dollars to ride on that roller coaster.
9: No, no chance in hell. Right. I saw that thing. Uh, I saw that thing move. Yeah, like th- those people. That 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 looks like the plot of another Final Destination but, movie. But those people are, got- are lucky.
0: Is that, like, those people didn't even feel, like, they didn't even notice anything different. Like, we all see it, and it's the no. most terrifying thing we've ever seen. They were all like, well, yeah, we were yeah. just riding a roller coaster. Like, it it yeah. felt like riding a roller coaster. So I don't know enough about engineering to understand how important
9: it is. Million, it seems pretty important. A
0: million bucks, I don't know. <laughs> I don't
9: know. <laughs> just let, I, that, let that thing keep running until it falls off.
0: Ken, I don't have that big PM drive money coming in anymore, so I might.
9: I, <laughs> <laughs> it might. No, I'm just the frugal Jewish guy who's afraid of everything.
0: Uh, what, do you, what do you want to plug? What's coming up on Inside Access this week?
9: Uh no Jason. he's still in the outer banks me and t-bone will be we'll be doing a lot of what we just did here, and that's trying to figure out uh what the hell's wrong with the Orioles. Oh, Are no. we concerned? should it's time okay. under- to worry and, and, and you're we're, we're stealing your guy Griffin. he'll be there too. I heard so.
0: that. I heard a rumor that uh yeah I I it, today you might I might be willing to let you have him today oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> it was a rough day today, so it might be okay. With that. <laughs> 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 all right, buddy.
9: I uh, want to try those chips, and then I need to try that sandwich.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're, we're doing it. We're doing this. We're going to do Maryland-Villanova. I don't care what my schedule says. We're going to go up, we're going to do that, and we're going to stop at John's, and we're going to make a day out of it. All right? Sounds good uh, to me. Ken Wyman's sport on Twitter is how you follow him. Appreciate you, pal. Thanks for hopping on today. This was fun. Hey, no worries. Anytime. Ken Wyman with us here on GCR. Uh, good to hear from him. I, I, the other one that was brought up to me, and I've never talked to Joey about this, but Dave found that apparently Joey Chestnut flat out refuses to eat raw oysters. Really? So. so it would seem like. And there you go. My willingness, like I. I've, I eat oysters. Seafood,
1: seafood is the way to go. It sounds like.
0: Well, no, he loves seafood. He told us oh, that. that's true. What, are, yeah, what yeah. are you doing? He was on the yeah, show talking right, about know, how
1: much you know. he loves seafood.
0: But for whatever it is, he can't do oysters. He doesn't like raw oysters and refuses Why? to compete. Now I get it. I'm still taking my because if if he's going to compete, he might just say, okay, well, I don't want to do this, but I am still Joey Chestnut. <laughs> so even Not if I hate to it, Glenn Clark. But remember, he talks about how like he likes eating these foods. So if it's a food he doesn't like at all, maybe that provides your opening. You're only losing $1,000 in the process, right? There's no risk well, yes, to... You lose,
1: you lose nothing, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: You're losing $1,000 that you could have had. Yes, right, correct. Yeah, yeah. Your life is the exact same. And that's why I didn't put, when Ken talked about the basketball one, where like you go to jail, eh, no, 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 that makes it easy every time. If I gotta go to jail, no. I'm just <laughs> taking the money, that's the end of it. But if there's nothing to lose, and I could win $100,000... I could create some scenarios. It was Stone Feltz who came up with the crap. Because my uh, answer, we started okay. this yesterday. I said, what's something that you think you would have a chance? And I said, dude, I notice in the summers, I eat grapes uncontrollably. I get a bag of grapes, and three days later, I need another bag of grapes. I, like times where I need a water, instead I go to the fridge and I just, just have 20 grape. grapes. Yeah. 20, not, not a grape, 20 I eat grapes uncontrollably. Now maybe Joey Chestnut does too, right? But we think of him not with grapes, we think of him, I think I would have a shot. But I get it, his capacity is is unmatched. The crabs, that's an interesting answer. Now Stone's an idiot, because then he turned around and said crab cakes. I'm like, not a chance. He likes <laughs> yeah, he crab just cakes. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> crabs, you only have a chance because there's a small chance that he has eaten crabs so infrequently that he gets caught up in the picking. Right and right. isn't able to take advantage of his capacity for eating, so you have a shot. Crabs, you have a chance. Raw oysters, you have a chance. I'm I'm taking a, taking a stab at it. I'm giving it a shot. No way in hell I'm attempting the football. A few people have gotten in and said they want to get a shot at the football one because you get to choose your own offensive line. I don't care.
1: I would do the football one for sure. You're stupid. I would easily. Get you're going to lose yards. four yards. You're no. going to lose four no, yards, no, and you're going to no, be
0: I screwed. Won't. You're going to. It's I going won't. to happen.
1: I won't. I get ten carries. Is that what it was or five carries? Ten carries to get oh, five yards. Oh my god. You this have no idea. It, no,
0: I, it's not easy. I you're stupid. Fall forward. You're, no, you can't.
1: Yeah. Huh? With this offensive line,
0: you're not the quarterback. You're not the quarterback. You're the running back. You have to start yeah, doing, in the backfield. We're doing like a
1: halfback pitch.
0: Yeah. Uh huh. And you're four yards behind the line of scrimmage. Once get outside that you're not getting outside. You have no idea what you're talking about. Go, go watch a football game at that level from the sideline. You have you're insane thinking. It doesn't have to be Ray Lewis. It can be the worst. It can be. I don't want to. I don't want to disparage anybody. I don't want to do that. I was about to like. Patrick S Queen. On. Well, it could be Arthur Brown. Okay. It could be Arthur oh. Brown, and he is in the backfield before you can blink.
1: I could truck Patrick Queen. I think.
0: No, you can't. Your only hope is a bulldozing offensive line. You're not running to the outside. That's n- insane. Your only prayer you, is a bulldozing offensive line, and every get, time like, you just Marshall run Yonda forward. the No. Yeah. My God, thinking you're getting outside yeah. is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You are so stupid. God, they can have you. In fact, but who's, Thomas, their, who's their producer?
1: Yonda. Who's their normal producer? Oh, uh, it's Stone. It's Stone. Ah, son
0: of a bitch. I can't take him back. <laughs> he, he said the dumb crab cakes thing. I can't. Actually, that wasn't even the most <laughs> egregious thing he did yesterday. He also played Renegade at one point just Mm. and and then was uh, couldn't believe that we were calling out for him like Mike what are you doing we had requested classic American rock songs for the 4th of July and he was doing so well for the first couple of hours and then he threw in
5: renegade said stone
0: (laughs) stone and he was like dude you can't just see past it it's a song like no there's a few songs that not, we just yeah, nix. Yeah, not
5: on That's the- That's the way it goes. Not on the Baltimore radio. <laughs>
0: Jesus, dude. Imagine in like 1982 playing We Are I've, Family. Because
1: I've looked at that one several times. And I'm like, oh, uh, yeah, I can't- I, No. Obviously, no
0: way. No, <laughs> you do not do that.
1: That does not happen.
0: My God. Renegade. So, yeah, I can't take- I'm sorry. We're going to have to be- We're stuck with- Actually, well, Grant maybe can move in. Maybe we we, right. we promote Grant. You saying dumb things. What were the other ones? I can't even remember now. Um, oh, the Batista thing.
1: Yeah, the Batista thing. Well, yeah, that one's easy. I'm not hitting Batista. So.
9: Like that's the funny part. I'll the people
0: that are money. saying if I'll you can, my if you can jaunt, if he can make one mistake and you can just make contact that like you're gonna hit the ball hard enough. I still there's no no not a chance. Like your best hope is just leaving yourself in a bunting position and hoping yeah. that and the ball, the ball rolls like, like the far guy that enough. Did bunt? Correct. Off. Yeah. Because <laughs> like who knows where that ball might have stopped had um whoever was playing I can not remember who was yeah. in Sure, it was a gunner night. I think it was gunner might have been gunner had gunner yeah. not picked it up like who knows M- maybe maybe probably not but maybe that's your best hope and then uh the roller coaster one that one
1: uh, I mean it like, it worked once so it
0: they continued probably worked
5: twice
1: to, they continued and it didn't look like it impacted it at all I mean, that's a not million a great, bucks if it, if i if i you know didn't know it was broken for sure i mean i i don't know I just I don't like, think
0: the entire section of the roller coaster is falling down. Yeah, right there. I mean, I don't think that's, that's the case. That's
1: really at. That, I mean, Million that was bucks. really bad. They, it's oh, it's a terrible. Did idea. they continue like they continued riding it? I guess after this, like people did someone point this out?
0: Uh, well, th- I mean that they had I don't to I, shut the ride down. I I think I they, they kept riding it for the entire day because I think the guy said like. Oh my god. Yeah, man.
1: Um, but yeah, I'll, yeah. Well, how much money do I get when I ride that? Uh, we said a million or a hundred thousand you know what I'll do it a million
0: you're doing it you're in yeah all right Grant I would make sure that you're more comfortable producing the show (laughs) got it all right Griffin might not be with us come next week might no longer be here so I would just make sure you've gotten all the ins and outs all right oh you're gonna switch oh this is how we're gonna prepare for Griffin taking the ride on the roller coaster is we're gonna have Grant start practicing producing right now all right continue get me your uh, responses at Glen Clark Radio on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Glen Clark Radio. Um, and uh, somebody's going to win a t shirt of their choice from Birdlandsports.com. Again, Birdlandsports.com. Someone is getting a t shirt just for participating. Uh, Stan, Luke, and Ross were off on Monday, but they'll be back. That's a promise. They'll be back next Monday and with you throughout the rest of the baseball season. Stan, Luke, and Ross every Monday talking baseball, slash Pressbox Sports. If you missed it or you missed them live, they're on the next day, YouTube.com Pressbox Online or slash video. Stan the Fan Charles, Ross Grimsley, Luke Jackson talking baseball every Monday except this week because, again, we had kind of a soft holiday here at Pressbox, so we were all off for that. Still to come this hour, we are going to chat. I tell you what, let's grab a break. Why don't we do that? We'll take a break. And then we'll check in the play by play voice of the Norfolk Tides. Or. I'm Michael Jan Grandi,
3: president. Of... Sure. No, just go with it. You started it.
5: Just go. I'm Michael
3: Jan Grandy, president of AJ Michaels, your carrier energy expert for 44 years. Save money, energy, and make your home more comfortable and virus free. Find us at ajmichaels.com. That's ajmichaels.com. Your
0: summer destination is closer than you think at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. With an expansive gaming floor and incredible dining options ready for you to explore, your adventure awaits. Dine at the new Koho Korean Barbecue House coming in July or on the patio at the Prime Rib. Enjoy the summertime breeze at Orchid Smoking Patio. Limited-time packages starting at $229. What are you waiting for? Book now! At Arundel Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call one.
4: All electronic tolling is here to stay in Maryland. And driveeasymd.com helps you cruise a little easier. We're Maryland's tolling resource. Home to EasyPass, pay by plate, and video tolling. It's never been easier to pay your way. Driveeasymd.com
6: will keep you moving.
5: Another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. It starts on the 14th with our big hitter bobblehead, Connor Norby for the first 750 fans. Saturday sees our special circus night with post-game fireworks. And Sunday features the Kobe Mayo Squish Pillow with special ticket package. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at baysox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox. Let us be your nine-inning vacation.
3: Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get, so get your crab-eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge, 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab-eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. That first
4: sip, that
8: first bite.
6: If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you?
0: All right, back in here as we continue along on a Wednesday edition of GCR. We learned last night that the Orioles are calling up Colton Cowser. He is joining the team in New York. It hasn't been made official yet. We don't know what the roster move is, but let's find out a little bit more about what the Orioles are getting in Colton Kowser. It's always good to catch up with our next guest. He is the play-by-play voice of the Tides. He is Mr. Pete Michoud, and he's with us again here on GCR. Pete, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's always great to catch up with you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us.
8: Oh, my pleasure, Glenn. How are you?
0: Everything is well, sir. Can I get you to do something for me before we talk about Colton Kowser though? And, I, and I'm sure Absolutely. you deal with this as a man who probably hears your name butchered constantly. But I have, I have been around for a long time, and I still to this day don't know how you're actually supposed to pronounce the name of the city in which the tide's playing. Can you settle this for me once and for all?
8: Well, I can tell you right off the bat, Glenn, you will find different people within the city of Norfolk that will give you different answers to that question. Uh, There are some of the real old Southerners with the accent that will say it like Norfolk, like N-A-W-F-I-K. I Um, I say it more like N-O-R-F-O-O-K, like nor and then rhymes with book.
0: Nor- that's how I okay say it. Norfolk. So okay, I, okay.
8: Yeah, I, I think that's more the 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 standard way, but you will find many different variations. All of right, it, uh, within the city itself.
0: All right, I'm not going to feel bad about this. Then I'm going to be all right. Like I've, no, I've done. Okay, I've done this a lot in my career. where like I've come around on. It's not Louisville. It's Louisville, right? Like I understand. Right. But what you're saying is there's not one determined, actual, definite answer. Other than it's not Norfolk. That's the only thing we know. Is it's not Norfolk.
8: Right. Anybody who very distinctly says Norfolk, we know they've they probably never yet. been to the city. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> n- nobody from southeastern Virginia says it that way. Yeah, I get that. Yeah.
0: All right, Pete, um, let's start with Colton Kouser. Um He's coming up. We know the issue has been hitting against lefties. That's not been his thing. But presuming he's here and he's going to be in the lineup against righties, what would you expect the Orioles are getting in Colton Cowser?
8: Well, I think at Colton Kowser the Orioles are getting a very well-rounded ball player. He's a guy who may not be exceptional in any one facet of the game, but he does everything well. Of course, at A, he's hit for average. Uh, he's in that three thirty something range. He's in the top 10 in the league in batting. Obviously, I don't expect him to do that at the next level, but he has a very good eye at the plate, mostly because he has such a strong discipline at the plate, Uh, He knows what strikes are. He doesn't swing at a lot of bad pitches. So they're getting a very solid hitter. Uh, He has some power. He's not a slugger, but he'll hit the odd home run now and then. Uh, He's not a guy that's going to swipe 40 bases, but he's a good base runner. Uh, Covers the ground well in the outfield. Has a solid arm. I wouldn't call it a a cannon for an arm. It's not a Kyle Stowers arm, but it's a good solid arm. He can play all three outfield positions if you need him to. Uh, So, again, a guy who has no major flaws in his game just a very well-rounded ball player
0: so i've seen some comparisons that have been made and it's it's lofty and i'm not trying to give him this career but look there was a reason why he was a top five pick i've seen comparisons that people have made to nick marcakis and i know that Nick's time in the minors predates you but the type of player just the professional hitter the guy that you could count on that was reliable and to your point about Colton, maybe not exceptional necessarily in certain ways, like never had exceptional power, never was the, you know, the greatest defensive outfielder, but was just reliable as hell. Is it a fair comparison that if Colton Cowser's is the guy we think he is, he could be that type of player?
8: I think that's a very fair comparison uh, because Colton is a guy who, you know, as I said a moment ago, just does everything pretty well. And you look at the fact that he is among the league leaders in walks here in the International League, and that has him number one in the league overall on base percentage. Uh, he's walking almost once per game, uh, which especially in today's modern game, in which guys are looking to put up power numbers all the time, when you've got a guy who's walking almost every night, uh, that tells you something about the discipline he has offensively, doesn't chase a whole lot of bad pitches. Uh, you referenced uh, his hitting against left-handers a moment ago. You look at his numbers this year, yeah, and it's not that it's not that wide of a discrepancy. Obviously, he's better against righties, but you know it's not like he's terrible yeah. against left-handers. So I, again, he's a guy who's just a solid all-around guy, and and I think that you know obviously you know Marque has had a wonderful career, and I'm not saying that Colton's going to be that, but. You know I I think the upside is there that he potentially could be
0: I'm glad you brought that up Pete because a year ago he hit 143 against lefties like a year ago it was disastrous this year to your point he's hit over 300 against lefties are are do you have a sense for what's changed uh, and we know it's a smaller you know it's a small sample size it's 48 uh, at bats that we're talking about so you know it, it's clearly not maybe fair to, to measure it for that but has something changed, and is it possible that he is more of a complete hitter uh, at the major league level?
8: Well, it is definitely possible, and it goes back to the point, Glenn, that I made a moment ago, that I think his plate discipline has improved yeah. so much this year yeah. based on the fact that he draws so many walks. Uh, he's swinging at better pitches, which is obviously going to improve his batting average against you know, lefties and righties alike. And I, I give a real uh, tip of the cap. Uh, to Brink Ambler, the pitching coach at Norfolk, and really all the instructors throughout the organization, that I know they make such an emphasis on swinging at strikes, and they use so much data, Uh, you know, a lot of analytics. Uh, They're constantly, you know, looking at charts and graphs and seeing what pitches guys are swinging at and and not swinging at. Uh, You know, even during batting practice, uh, they do a drill that, that I see some teams do, but I don't see everybody do in this league in which they basically put a bucket behind home plate, and they take a big medicine ball, and they put it on top of the bucket, and that basically emulates the strike zone. Hmm. And if the batting practice pitcher isn't hitting that ball with the pitch he's throwing, it don't swing at it. Yeah, you know we don't want to swing it at balls that are you know up at your shoulders and down at your shins. Uh, you know, and that is teaching guys. They're trying to. Bring about game situations as much as possible in practice. And that's something they do in BP. Uh, they even, at home games, will put up on the video board in the outfield the uh, Hawkeye computerized data, which shows where every pitch is, even during batting practice.
0: Interesting.
8: And as the guy is taking BP, he can look up at that board and instantly know whether or not he swung at a strike or not. Huh. So this constant repetition that these guys are getting it in learning the strike zone and learning to swing at good pitches, uh, I think it, it pays off. And for a guy like Colton, I think it has pays, paid off tremendously this year.
0: Yes, Pete Mishu, play-by-play voice of the Tides. He is with us here on GCR getting ready for Colton Kowser's major league debut, which we are expecting tonight. Um, Pete, there was a time where we talked about Colton Kowser as likely being the center fielder of the future for the Orioles. I think that given Cedric Mullins' extraordinary range, even the limitations he has with his arm, they're probably not going to be in a rush for him to not be their center fielder because the range is just bonkers. But what is Colton Kowser defensively? Like, what, what, where can he play? Where is he particularly at his best? What do you make of Colton Kowser in the outfield?
8: Well, Here with the Tides, he has primarily played center field, but for the reasons you just mentioned, Glenn, I don't think he's a big league center fielder today at least, maybe Mm -hmm. somewhere down the line. Uh, He runs well, but he doesn't have blinding speed to cover a vast amount of ground in center field. Uh, He's got a solid arm, but I wouldn't call it a cannon arm, Uh, but he is a guy, again, because he's very well-rounded. You know, you can put him out in left. You can put him in right. I don't really know if he has the arm to be a major league right fielder, but you know, I think you could easily, you know, put him out in left field. You could put him in center certainly on days when you want to spell Mullins. So uh, he's a guy who has experience, you know, moving around. He just hasn't been an everyday center fielder here. So, you know, I would certainly see him as a guy who could spell both, uh, you know, Mullins in center and uh, Hayes or whoever else you have in left.
0: Let's cover a couple of guys since we have you. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez looked pretty good last night, huh?
8: Oh, wow, that's an understatement. I mean, he's looked pretty good since he has come down. But last night, just in my opinion, and I'm no pitching expert, but absolutely the best I have seen him look. uh, The fastball was devastating, 97, 98 miles an hour. But I think what made the fastball so good is that his off-speed stuff, especially his changeup, just had guys looking silly. I mean, they were way out in front of it. Then they'd be looking forward, and then they couldn't catch up on the fastball. Uh, he had pinpoint control. Uh, I only recall him coming close to walking one batter. He had a 3-0 and count on one guy and came back and eventually got him out anyway. Uh, other than that, didn't come close to walking anybody. Uh, he looked confident. He looked poised. Um, he looked very much like the guy that we saw in the first quarter of last year uh, before he got hurt. Uh, so, in my opinion, absolutely the best I have seen him look. And, uh, you know, quite frankly, it's not going to surprise me if I hear – this afternoon or tomorrow or the day after that, that Grayson's on his way back to Baltimore. He looked that good last night, at least to me, yeah. and against a pretty good Durham ball club. You know, last week against Charlotte, you know, not a real good team, but playing Durham, which is, you know, the second-best team in our division this year, they've got some good explosive hitters, some veteran guys with big league time like Ben Gamble and uh, Grayson just absolutely dominated them with 12 strikeouts uh, over six innings.
0: What has the command been like in general since he's been back down, Pete? Like, it just his ability to find the strike zone. We know there are a couple of, of high-walk games, but th- that seems like the one thing that was so important. We all know the talent, but, like, the command seemed to be the big... What has it been in general since he's been back down there?
8: Yeah, like I said a moment ago, I think it has been good since he has come down, but his first couple of appearances after he came down for the O's, I don't think he looked, at least to me, as good as I saw him in the first part of last year before he got hurt. Okay. But that really changed last night. Yep. Uh, you know He looked absolutely in command of everything that he wanted to throw and when he wanted to throw it. Uh, he only gave up, I think it was, four hits last night. Uh, all four were singles. Uh, three of them were you know, just kind of routine ground ball base hits. So one was a little soft you know, dying quail line drive that wasn't hit well at all. So even the base hits uh, off him were not hit very hard. Uh, only needed really one or two nice defensive plays. Uh, Joey Ortiz especially came up big uh, making one play at shortstop. But other than that, all pretty routine stuff. So you know, again, I know it's only one game as of last night. Uh, to go along with some other pretty solid but not amazing games. So whether the Orioles think he's ready to come back now, whether they want to see this one or two more times, obviously, you know, I don't know that's above my pay grade, but right. you know, really <laughs> impressed in watching him last night. Weird
0: that, that Mike doesn't just call you, Pete, and say, hey, man, is it time? <laughs> is it time to go? <laughs> um, uh, Pete, I, I know it was a really difficult stretch for Ryan Mountcastle. It looks like maybe he started to turn the corner a little bit. Um, we're starting to approach 20 days at some point where the Orioles are going to have to make some sort of decision. Are are we seeing signs that Ryan Mountcastle is starting to find himself a little bit?
8: Yeah, I think we definitely did last week, and you mentioned the 20 days. That's going to come up here during this series in Durham this week. Uh, He had that really rough start. He went 0 for 14 uh, the prior week in Nashville. uh, Just really appeared to be, you know, late on fastballs and, and fooled by some off-speed stuff. But obviously for a guy who, you know, hasn't been swinging in a while and, you know, trying to get that batter's eye back after the vertigo, it's going to take some time. But then last week against Charlotte, uh, he hit the ball really hard most of the week. Now Charlotte doesn't have a very good pitching staff, so you can, you know, take that for what it's worth. Uh, he hit one absolute mammoth home run, that I'm not even sure if it's come down yet. He wow. hit it so far. Uh you know, the one thing I've seen from Ryan, he is taking some really big cuts there a few times where it looks like he's trying to hit everything out of the ballpark. Uh, but the fact that, you know, he, at least from what I understand, seems to to feel well. And I think that's the number one priority with Ryan Boundcastle. You know, does he feel well? Is he having any issues still with the dizziness? Not that I'm aware of, although our access to him has been uh, kind of limited. Uh, but I'm not aware of any issues with him. So, yeah, like you said, here in a couple of days, uh, the O's are going to have to make a decision. As to what to do with him.
0: And then, you know, I'm not sure. I thought Heston Kerstad for sure, like next season when you're talking about him. But given his timeline and given how he has backed up the performance, man, it feels like we're starting to talk about a guy that maybe could be into the mix by the end of the year. Um, It seems like nothing has been troublesome for him at the AAA level.
8: No, he has jumped right in and you know, made that transition from Bowie to Norfolk with uh, in absolute ease. At least he's made it look that way. I think some people might be jumping the gun a little bit. And again, Mike Elias hasn't called me. He may not have my number, so we'll give him a break on this. Uh, and of course, I say that with tongue firmly planted in cheek. Uh, but <laughs> let's remember the fact that Heston Kerstad, has only been playing professionally for just over a year Fair. made his debut if i recall on the 10th of june last year of course he was basically 2 years from the time that he got drafted until he actually played in a game uh, so he's still very green he's very raw but you know, he's a guy who you know not really does everything well but does a lot of things exceptionally well you know hits for power Hits for average, boy, it's a lot of fun to watch him on the bases. He has amazing speed, and uh, he gets the speed in a hurry. Uh, and it seems like every time he's at first base, he he tends to score on almost any base hit from first. Uh, just he, he's a great runner, uh, covers ground in the outfield. You know, if it were me, and again, it's not. You know, I would say you know let him finish out the year here. Sure. Obviously, the Orioles are so well, well set right. in the outfield right now, and with with are coming up, especially, you know, I couldn't see the point of bringing up a guy like Heston Kerstad and having him play, you know, every third or fourth day and sitting on your bench. Let him play here. He's also getting time at first base. Uh, They're working at first base. He's taking a lot of ground balls there. He's had a couple of games at first base. You know, let him get more experience there, make him more versatile and let him just really dominate the international league. And here's a guy who, you know, certainly by, by next year at some point I think could be destined for the big leagues as well.
0: All right, Pete, I guess let me wrap this way. Who's somebody that we're not talking about enough? Who's somebody that out, outside of, you know, you guys know when some, one of these guys arrives, it, it's it's massive for you. But who's somebody who's under the radar that we should be spending a little bit more time talking about?
8: Wow, that's a great question because it seems like we've been talking about everybody, right. you know, whether it's Kowser and Kerstad and obviously, you know, Connor Norby has had a lot of attention and he's had a, a really good solid year here. You know, Joey Ortiz, of course, has had a couple of a big league call-ups, it's and he's back dominating here, right. hitting around 340. His defense has just been absolutely amazing. He made two major league caliber plays at shortstop last night. Had people in the press box just looking at each other like, "How in the world did he do that?" Uh, obviously, you know, the question is, can Joey hit well enough at the big league level, and that's still to be determined. Uh, I'm just trying to think if there's anybody else, you know, off the top of my head. I, I would have probably said. You know, Nick Vespi a week or two ago, who I think had kind of fallen a little bit off the radar, but he was absolutely dominating after a little bit of a slow start. But now, of course, the folks in Baltimore have seen that, and he's been called back up, so I can't put Vespi in that category. So I'm not really sure if anybody else kind of jumps to mind for me right now. Uh, besides, you know, the, the much valley good prospects we've already discussed.
0: Understood. Um, Pete, I, I tell you what, I've enjoyed. There's been a couple days this year that you guys have been the uh, free game on MILB TV, and I've greatly enjoyed sitting and watching the broadcast and uh, hearing your voice. Of course, it's at Tides Radio Voice on Twitter, is how you follow him. Pete Mishu, always appreciate you taking the time for us, man. Thanks so much for hopping on with us this morning. Hope you had a great fourth, and we'll talk again real soon, all right?
8: Always a pleasure, Glenn. Thank you. Pete
0: Mishu, play-by-play voice, the Norfolk, 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 Norfolk. He said Norfolk. My guy Kyle, um, Kyle Andrews, who reminds me that he used to live there, chimed in earlier. He said Norfolk. I don't know if there is a correct answer is the reality of the circumstances i think it's one of those that pete is saying you can get away with a lot of things
1: right yeah like you could make it rhyme with a like you know the fire truck right like isn't that uh not that think, one way that some people I have said it
0: i think you want to try to avoid that one. i know i think you, know you want possible. to try to avoid it but think like maybe what we're saying is you, you can get away you with don't do that you can kind of
1: get away with that uh how i feel about it don't know how i feel about norfolk
0: uh, all right, so, yes, we had a, a rough day coming into today, but I'm sure you have the sound ready for Grant's segment. I'm sure you've been uh, working on uh, that. I,
1: I do not. We're doing this week in baseball? That's what. The we're doing. rest of baseball. Uh, okay. Yes, this, this week and in the, the rest, rest of baseball. Of baseball Got it. We, we, I could have it ready f- next week for sure. Ah, well,
0: what would you say last week?
1: Uh, I don't remember exactly. Mm. I probably mm-hmm. said it, it'll be ready soon. Okay. Okay.
0: Got some work to do. I got some work to do in that department. Well, now it's time for this week in the rest of baseball with Grant, who doesn't have a nickname. Why'd you guys switch? What's I don't understand what's going on here. You know, he could just sit in that chair and do it.
1: Well, I figured he had it on his laptop, and he wanted. Oh,
0: to, is that what's going yeah. on here? Oh, can people see him? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: All right. You Can see us both all show.
0: Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Very weird bit. Things are going well here. Now, I get it. I get it. Holidays are tough. Always tough coming out of a holiday. Yeah. Everybody kind of forgets that they have work to do, and everybody likes to drink and all those things. But uh got to lock it up. got to lock it up. Is Grant trying to encourage yeah, you? Pre- hey, Grant, I Grant's appreciate it. Grant's trying to that. encourage Man, I was, you. He's good. He's taught I was, me a lot oh, in the last couple weeks. That might be true, but that doesn't make it okay. All right, uh, we know that there are things, obviously been talking a lot of Orioles, but that's not the only thing that's going on in the world of baseball, plenty of other topics. Now we gave Grant some advice after his initial attempt at this segment. We will see if, um, I, I try to think of what I would have included if I was doing this. All right, I'm going to write down a couple of things. Um, we'll do
1: like a uh, kind of. <SSS> sina- uh, hang on a second, right there. Yeah, wait, wait, wait! No, I'm no, no.
0: just, I'm just, I, and this is just all off the top of my head. I did no research, and I want to grant to be doing some serious research. I want him to get in the bottom of what's going on. No, don't
1: show, don't oh, look
0: at well, that on. might be too much. If you're gonna try to squeeze all that in, it's probably not gonna work. <laughs> probably not the case um all right i've got one that i think is important but let's see where you start go right ahead what's up first
2: well i feel like the angels have been heating up lately kind of getting their name back in the wild car race but they've had three kind of key injuries this week significant injuries back to back to back days and three decently big names mike trout's gone with a fractured hammer bone till august otani's got a blister Rendan has a. Shinken so what was the
0: deal between Otani and Juan Soto? Like, what was that? What so happened? I,
2: I wrote that down too. All right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think Soto. What did was, Soto say? I got it written down. He's right. impressive, but he's gonna have trouble to face this lineup tomorrow, as in yesterday. I'm coming here to play baseball. We all know he Otani is an impressive player, but whatever he steps to the mound, I won't be scared to shuffle his ass. So he basically said, "Come at me, Otani. Okay. I'm coming to get you." And then proceeds to go 0 for three with got, two Ks he against got him. Struck
0: out on the buckling putters.
1: putters did get to Otani. Beautiful curveball.
0: I don't even know what happened in the game. All I know he let is... like five
1: runs. I mean, he did have a okay. blister, so maybe I don't know, who knows, the he So hey, here's five. my <laughs> <laughs> issue with this.
0: Nothing that he said bothers me. No, it shouldn't. And this is weird. I don't know when this happened. That and it's terrible for us because, honest to God, it's the reason why guys stop wanting to do interviews. I talk about this with football players all the time. Like, I used to have football players call in, like, at all times of the day. This is, when Drew and I were doing mornings together, I could say to Ray Rice in the locker room the day before, hey, bro, you want to call in at 6.30 tomorrow morning when you're on your way in? Like, hell yeah, man, absolutely. I could do that with anybody on the team. And then at some point, anything anyone said, someone would try to change into being some hellacious clickbait uh, tweet. And because of that, guys stopped wanting to come on. It's a straight shoot. Like I I, I can I, I don't know if I can tell you the exact year but it was so, somewhere so now around that's a wave of reactions. Yeah. Like because all they heard was whatever I say it could be innocuous. Everybody's going to try to make a big deal
1: like out of Nick it. Like the Nick Boyle tweet from earlier uh, this year.
5: Well, I don't remember what the tweet we was. We were talking about Lamar,
1: I think. And what did he say? And he was like, "Oh yeah, I mean, he's a great player and, you know, I think it'd be great if if they if he comes back." And is that all it was? I'm pretty sure that's all it was. Jesus, Jesus
0: Christ. <laughs>
1: I mean, it's well, just, maybe with the downfall of Twitter, we might be able to get, get back to those days.
0: Maybe, right? <laughs> Although I did I did sign up for, what is it, Blue Sky, Bluegrass, Blue... What the hell is it? Blue, Bluegrass Social? <laughs> I think, Social? Sky, I think right? I'm on Bluegrass. True Social is this. Yeah, I don't have to get on that one. <laughs> but now everybody's getting on, what, Spill? There's another one? I don't even we're gonna know We're going to screw ourselves yeah. in this process. We're all realizing that we need to... It has to be a collective decision made by everyone. Where are we going? Pick one. That's the one. What happens when we have 80 different social medias is none of them are worth anything. That's why we have been reluctant to leave Twitter despite what an abomination this guy is. Like, we have been desperate to leave, but we can't just pick, hey, let's all go to Bluegrass and we'll just hang out there and listen to some banjos and let a guy play the washboard and we'll drink our beer out of mason jars like i'm down if that's if what we're doing is bluegrass social i'm all in we all move to kentucky we all hang out we all date our cousins it's a whole thing well let's well i'm married so i don't have to worry about it but you you're gonna have to pick which one of your cousins no, is the hottest it's just nice. the way that it goes uh, i'm sorry no. you know who you think it is no i,
1: I don't I, ha- I don't have one I,
0: well, that's not what i heard you talking about earlier uh <laughs>
1: fine it's nick my cousin nick <laughs> he's hot you know what you're <laughs> right about that he's hot it's 100 uh, accurate
0: um uh, <laughs> The moral of it is we got to pick one and go there. But let me get back to the point. The point is nothing that Juan Soto said is problematic. There's not no. remotely an issue with what he said. Dude, we're a baseball team. It's like when everybody got so worked up about Joe Flacco telling me he thought he was the best quarterback in football. What the f was he supposed to say? It's why he made fun of me afterwards. He was like, "Dude, it's kind of a dumb question. What am I supposed to say?" And that was what I was It's what I was getting at. What the hell is he supposed to say? Ah, uh, I don't know, guys. I don't know if I'm all that good. Like, of course he's going to say. That's why we, as people with brains, should be able to react and say, this is nothing. This isn't a thing. This is just a guy saying, I'm going to go try. And the point that Juan Soto made is dude, we're not going to just roll over. We're not just going to go let this guy kick our ass. Like,
2: We got a lineup. We're going to come in and face him. And that was his point. I have no issue. With, like,
0: what beef would you have with that? How how could you possibly? But all I saw last night on Twitter was everybody trying to dunk on Juan Soto and with, with him getting striking out. Oh, won, what an idiot! So. Why would he run his mouth? Yeah. What's that? And
1: the Padres won.
2: So I
0: mean, sure, he struck out twice. Shohei Otani's good. One, if he had said, for what it's worth, if he had said, I think that guy stinks. I'm hitting a That's home different. run off of him. Yeah. Well, I mean, even that yeah, is not going to be. That's just no. hubris. I don't have a problem with hubris. If you're taking shots at someone, that's if you're saying I think that guy's garbage, and we're going to embarrass him,
2: that's different. That's a completely different conversation. Say that he's he still paid his dues. Said yeah, he's yeah. a great pitcher. but We're coming in ready to go. We got to win. We're some not going to be games. afraid of
0: him. Yeah. That's ex- d- my god. If they were facing Pedro Martinez in the height of his career, they would have to say that. What does somebody? Oh god, we're just not going to be able. To, wait, we're wait. facing we're facing Otani. <laughs> We might as well not even show up. We can't we can't beat that guy. I mean what that why are we so worked up about this? We are idiots, all of us. We're so stupid trying to make this a thing. I have no problem. and, and who cares that Juan Soto struck out twice? It's baseball. that happens. They won. Good for them. I don't care, but yes, Otani what, what is is there an update on Otani or
2: It's just a blister? But I did hear he's not going to pitch in the All-Star game, whether his hitting is impacted that's a, that's by it. That's a bummer. Yeah, it is. He's that's not going to pitch in the All-Star game, which would have been exciting to see yes. him. There's um, no way around it. That's a bummer. How is he, he going to do hitting-wise? He said he could. St- they're going to see if he can still hit. Um, I, it, it just sounds like his, his appearance in the All-Star game is in just complete jeopardy at this point with a blister. That stinks. That you know, stinks. He's the name. biggest you, star in baseball. Yeah, 303, 31 homers. His OPS is ridiculous, 1.054 and that's that's the name you want to see at the All-Star game the face of it all and he may not even get to participate so
0: what about the uh what about the uh, trout
1: thing what's the
2: uh that's a hammock. bone he's out until at least august okay um and that's even for that it could be
1: worse right is that yeah, well, uh, it it could it be re- longer. and it
2: reminds me of when Marcakis broke his was it 11 years ago he mm-hmm. took a, a foul ball and and broke it was gone for at least a month and a half before they brought him back and was hitting leadoff so it's probably going to from what i could do based off that that's probably the same thing with Trout. They're out with him until at least August. They did say that on the reports. Okay. August is his deadline. When in August, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Just
0: the one year it looked like the Angels were finally gonna right. come together. Like and that's what I was gonna
2: say. No. By mid June, they're pulling away a little bit here, forty one and thirty four, they're five games back and I mean they've tailed off a little bit. I mean losing what?
0: Man. They're man. Is, man. That that is is like 45, 46,
2: six out yeah. of seven last yeah. yeah. six that out is, of seven. That is so rough. they're the Orioles, yeah. And then, of course, they're out, with, they're out not with Rendon, not like he's making a huge impact, 240, 842, OPS isn't bad. But they don't know what's up with him. It's a shin contusion, but he okay. said it's not looking good. So they're going to have to make a decision here soon, IL. And then you already all got on the IL for them, Zach Nito, Logan I hope is done for the year, Ben Joyce. Brandon Jury in this, you yeah, those three. Just the list goes. Well, I don't know about Otani, but just the list goes on. Well, look,
0: if you want to see Otani dealt at the deadline, like
2: that's not going to help his case.
0: Well, no, no, the blister. I'm the, the, no, no, no. The, the, it's the flip side. Their yeah. free fall absolutely would help the case. The chances of Otani being dealt at the deadline. Fair. yeah. If they continue to fall apart and they're six games below 500 by July 29th, then all of a sudden there's a way more likely chance of them trading Otani. Now, yeah. again, if if this is more significant. But if it's just a blister and he's back after the All-Star break, like just because you want the trade deadline to be more exciting, I would argue that because I don't think it make, there's a chance in hell of the Orioles being the team to do it, I would prefer that they don't trade him because I don't want him going to a team that he could help. Yeah, I would vastly prefer that he doesn't become – I mean, the Rays aren't going to deal for him, but no. even a, a, it's a non-zero for the Yankees.
2: you got to have a package for him. I, I, Who does?
0: Yes, unless he said to the Angels, I'm not coming back here next year anyway – in and which case they Manny say, trade, yeah. sort of, and not, look, it. that really was pennies on the dollar. Yep. I don't think you're going to get pennies on the dollar, but dimes on the dollar, right? Like, I, I mean, it would make baseball more interesting. I, I know everybody thinks he's going to be a Met next year anyway, so it's fascinating. Like, is there another National League team? Is the Like, are the Mets stupid enough to trade for him anyway, despite the fact that they stink? I don't think so. Is there another? The problem is probably the Dodgers, right? Like yeah, that would be the yeah, that would yeah, be that that would the team. Be I don't know why, but I, I feel like I kind of just hate the Dodgers. It makes no yeah, sense, I but mean, I feel like it's just a baseball. It's, like they it's have, a baseball thing where like they have
1: great play. Like it's Mookie Betts is so easy to root I, I, uh, for. No, he's Freeman, not. He was a Red Sox. I
0: take well, that yeah. back. Freddie, Freddie Freeman, Freeman's there. Freeman. You know, Clayton Freeman. But like my issue is they're just they're just the Yankees West. That's all they are. They're the Yankees yeah. West, so I have to hate them. Like. What is the point of baseball if you don't hate the team that spends all of the money? So and that's yeah. the Dodgers. I can't. I can't, but if it was like if if out of nowhere the Diamondbacks traded for Shohei Ohtani,
2: Corbin Carroll is going the other way. No, they're not going to give up yeah.
0: Corbin Carroll for anything. They'd have to figure out a way to do it without Corbin Carroll, and they also have another really like high-level prospect. But I wouldn't give that. Who is it that I'm thinking of? Mm. They have somebody else that it's it's not there it's yet. It's Not Dominic Smith. Oh no. It's uh no it's um Lawler. They've got Lawler. Yeah, Lawler. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Like, but I don't think they would trade Lawler for um. For Otani either. I don't think there's a chance in hell. But just that would be exciting for baseball. It would be exciting for baseball if Shohei Otani was dealt to a team that you did not expect, that just said, the hell with it, let's do it.
1: Drew Jones, too. In Arizona. I forgot about Drew Jones.
0: He hasn't really. He hasn't done much so far. kind of been.
2: He hasn't been Jackson Holiday. that's for sure. No, certainly Adding 173 in 14 (laughs) (laughs) games.
0: I mean, maybe that's a trade that yeah. would make some... Like, maybe the Angels would say, hey, if we're not going to win anyway, and he's already they told just, us he's going to the Mets... Former number one, like, like Mickey Moniac. Yeah, like, may- maybe the- we take a shot at it. Maybe, you know, we think that Drew Jones, we can make it work. God, that is really sad, man. Yeah, yeah. That is really sad. Yeah. We were all in love with Drew Jones for a minute. We were all very enamored with yeah, the idea only, of... He's
2: only 19. He's only, what, 14? No, what I'm not said? trying but to pretend. Yeah, sl- not. It's not, it's oh, it's a only 14. He's been hurt. He's yeah. been hurt. Oh, so then, okay,
0: well, then that's reason. kind of nothing then. <laughs> Let's yeah, not.
2: But it's a surprisingly, still surprisingly I hear you. slow. I hear you. All mean, right, I
0: make, I, I'm making the movement, though. I want Otani the Diamondbacks. I think that would be exciting for baseball. Yeah, or the
2: Orioles.
1: If not the Orioles. No, I can't do
0: that. I'm not giving up anything. I'm not doing that. It's
1: a Manny trade. Like, if we're giving... We literally give Dean Kramer. <laughs>
0: no. It'd have to be something. They Because Diaz was thought of. Yeah. So you'd yeah. have to
1: give up at least, at least. What was Diaz
0: at the time? Norby or, or Ortiz. And I just think I mean, you can do better. I understand the excitement factor. We did this for Would You Rather Wednesday yeah, already. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Beavers I just would have to go the pra- other way probably. But I can live with that. I can live with yeah, Beavers. that's what I'm saying. That's, yeah. But like, I can't live with it being... Norby and Beavers and Fabian and like I can't live with it being and Ortiz like for a rental Otani I can't do that so that's why I want him in a, a place where it's non-threatening. Give it Arizona would be the perfect, even yeah. San Francisco right like San Francisco is pretty non-threatening. It can't be the Rangers like they're just anywhere in the National. The Rangers is. are approaching that the same. I know they've dipped a little bit recently, but they're approaching the like Yankees Dodgers of the of Texas. The way that they've been spending money, so it's, it can't yep. be them. All right, what else is on the list?
2: Alec Manoa is back for the Blue Jays, but what kind of an impact does that make on them when their other starters have been <sighs> performing really well? And he's, you know, we know his story.
0: I have no idea. Like, wh- so we all laughed about the first start, but what has Manoa done since then?
2: He had one other start at A New Hampshire. Five innings, one run, three hits, ten strikeouts, and he yeah, walked. That's, that's certainly
0: a lot better three. than in the the other league,
2: the Florida league. But uh, just his role coming back—does he go back to the rotation? Did well, we I think they ben announced enough? that
0: he was going to start, didn't they? Didn't they already? Didn't didn't we already find that out? I thought, or maybe they didn't announce it, and it was just an assumption that was being made. I thought that was what was going around was that he was going to go into the rotation. Um, yeah, she, I'm reading that it she, doesn't it doesn't say anything
2: about a about a rotation spot. Yeah.
0: Uh I'm reading a tweet that's from the talkin' baseball podcast that says uh Manoa will start Friday for the Blue Jays per She Davidi, who is a Correct. No, you're right. I didn't I did
2: see that, correct.
0: Now as long as that's what he actually said. Yes. yes. He he yeah. did. He I'm said sure. we'll start Friday.
2: But I mean um, that's a huge drop off. I mean, that, that guy the last two years Well, I mean it's insane
0: and it's one of the the more bonker stories in baseball. And the question is, like, if it's mental, how can you be this confident that it's okay now? Like, he just walked in and said, like, I'm okay now, and they just said, okay, well, we'll choose to believe you. That is, it feels like the type of thing that you do because, like, well, this has to work. This has to work, so we have to get him back here. I said that a couple times with Grayson, that, like, I didn't need last night's start for me to have said he should have been back by now. Right, right. What I needed was, I know the top end of these other guys. It's not good enough. I can't have Grayson Rodriguez throwing more pitches in the minor leagues. If there's any chance of this working for the Orioles, it's got to involve Grayson Rodriguez being here and contributing in whatever capacity that is. And I said a few times, if that means he's out of the bullpen, bring him out of the bullpen.
2: Right, I was thinking that too you earlier You don't on, yeah.
0: have enough innings here. You can't be giving more innings to, to Sir Val- Valiant or whatever the F this guy's name is that came up. And maybe he's going to be true to be the greatest pitcher Chris. of all time. He's already back down. Lord, Lord Voldemort or whatever. He's already that, back down Valimont. at AAA. What the hell is this it's guy? It's yeah. Valamont, sure.
2: He's already, ba- so. He's already back in Norfolk. Did he do a scoreless? Voldemort.
0: That's what I was trying to come up with. It's like a two I did of a scoreless inning, yeah. I did not watch Harry Potter. It did nothing for me. Neither did I. None of those big fantasy series, right? The Harry Potter, uh, Lord of the Rings, Beasts. Fantastic Beasts, the Bible, none of them. The none Bible. of
1: them interested me.
0: <laughs> they just...
1: That was a good one. I, good. I'm gonna get a lot of crap about that. From that's Hill. a that's from actually Hill.
0: that's actually a John Proctor joke oh. that I stole, and I shouldn't be proud of that. I shouldn't be proud of stealing a bit from John Proctor. Um, yeah, Lord Voldemort. Call that guy up; it'll fix
2: everything. He, like, well, it's too late because he's already optioned, and Zimmerman's back. But sure, he's there. But
0: that's just that's just another. That's the same guy. It's just <laughs> with a different name. Like you're pretending like there's a difference in those guys. They're the no, same they're all isn't. the same guy. One they just show up right, wearing a different left. jersey number, right. right? And they might throw with a different arm. Yeah. Um so I would like my point about Grayson Rodriguez is I didn't need him to be perfect to
2: prove that he's ready to
0: come back. I, he just he's better than the other options. Maybe he wasn't ready to start. And I know that, that Stan talks all the time about like well no, development is more important. I hear you, but It's hard to measure that when you're trying to win. I don't know what the Blue Jays are doing. I don't know if they can actually have any reason to think that Alec Manoa is truly ready to return or not versus just sort of saying if we're going to have a prayer, it has to involve Alec Manoa succeeding at the major league level, so he just has to be here. It's one of the things we talk about all the time. Um, There are times in a game, in a football game, where it might not make sense. Like you're you're faced with fourth and 16 with, Eight minutes left in the fourth quarter, and you're down by three scores. You're not likely to convert fourth and 16. But you kind of have to go for it anyway. It's fourth and 16 from your own 24-yard line. It's like, well, you know, you see coaches all the time. They're going to punt. You're like, okay, dude. If you're just saying, hey, we're not going to win, like, it's what it is. We're going to lose anyway, so let's just give up. But the reality is if you don't convert, you're going to lose. So people can make fun of you and say, what are you doing going for it fourth and 16 from your only 24-yard line? Well, what you're really saying is either this works or the game is over. We have a 1% chance of this working. We have a 0% chance of winning if it doesn't work. We got to take our shot. And I think that could be what the Blue Jays are kind of saying, which is we can't win a World Series without Alec Manoa being some semblance of Alec Manoa. So we can keep, pussyfooting around and letting them pitch at double a but we're not winning a world series with Alec Manoa pitching at double a and we might just have to do this and if it doesn't work
1: then we have our answer that's it yeah
0: you know like we we know so i don't know that it's that minoa is ready as much as it's just we got to do something here and that's why they're going to bring him back up and we'll see i look I, I don't wish i know this is where we're supposed to say like hey it'd be great news the orioles and Manoa continues to stink i don't wish mental health problems on anyone. No, no. Like I hope Alec Manoa mentally is okay. Realistically, I I hope he gets shelled. Like I hope that he he stinks because but the reality
2: is, professional sports is rough, and it's a mental toll. And the hope I mean, is he's able to I, yes, fight
0: that. Correct. That that doesn't send him into depression, things right. like that. But well, I mean, I'd it's a, it's a difficult that. thing. Like I don't want to wish harm on someone from a health standpoint, but but as a division I also, rival, yeah, I don't want him to be good at pitching. That would I'm be not bad. Stuff, so yeah. Well, like, I don't really against anybody. anybody. Correct. Uh, I mean, unless he's facing the Rays, in which case, okay, sure, <laughs> you, need you can his help there. you can pitch well in that game specifically, and then everybody else, you got to go back to stinking. All right. What else?
2: That, I know. I know we talked about the AL wild card a lot. Orioles are involved in that, but that NL wild card, tight, tight, tight. Okay. And the surprise leader in that, the Miami Marlins this season. <sighs> uh, by the end of was it May? Only about where are they? Um, 29 and 27. At the end of May, they they've been 20 and 10 since that. They are now 50 and 37. They hold the top wild card spot, and the Phillies have heated up right behind them, and we all consider them one of the most disappointing teams in baseball early on, 25 and 30, and they've been 20-9 since then. Yeah. And the Dodgers are running there. That's going to be, uh, for me, really exciting to watch, see who makes moves at the deadline, who heats up, who the, who teams call up to, to aid them. But, I mean, to think that the Marlins were going to be the top contender – in that wall-card spot. I didn't forecast that at all before the, the season. They've been doing that without their M O B the show cover guy, Jazz Chisholm, most of right.
0: the It's mm-hmm. well, been a
2: pretty big story. And I guess like an underappreciated performing team this year. I think the Marlins and the Phillies kind of I, fighting yeah, for I, that. I, 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 I mean, think
0: the Marlins are intriguing. I think their schedule is about to get a lot more difficult in the coming weeks, and so it'll be interesting to see how they come through that. Yeah,
2: yeah, they are right better than the uh, Orioles now. So. They do. Yeah. Um. All I have left right now is – um. Two games left in that Cardinal series, which should be, and they got a two at nothing edge on that, so if they could take that oh, series. Oh, the Cardinals stink, so yeah, that's, that's not bad. I, I thought it
0: was them. maybe after that, their schedule got a bit more difficult. Yeah, they, they, well, they had the Braves series, just, was the big here, one.
2: they come what, right after the All-Star break? Yeah,
1: they're right, yeah. they're here. The first series? Yeah. Okay. So. All right.
0: Um, better. Better. Definitely better. Did not just recap a game. That's good. <laughs> that's good. Can't just recap games. That's not what this segment's supposed to be for. Trends, much better. Um... I did see the story of who is the closer from the Pirates that got named the All-Star Game? Bednar, and he, he, gave, and he gave Kershaw a pack of beer. He gave him, funny. like, he sent uh, Clayton Kershaw a case of Iron City beer, which, like, you know, nobody should ever drink, but, like, at least the gesture is thoughtful. Right. Like, maybe maybe Clayton Kershaw knows somebody that's, you know, got terrible taste, and he can say, hey, you like awful beer, here's some Iron City. Um, and I get the bit, it's a Pittsburgh beer, like, I understand that. Know what we do anymore because around here somebody's like, Oh, we should send him some natty bow. No, no, send we should grab cakes. What we, what that would be actually that. thoughtful. Yeah, that's yeah. actually thoughtful. Unlike Iron City beer, which is piss water. I mean, it's, it's dreadful. Yeah. Um, but it was the thought, the thought, I i got it. Like, I understood that it was the thought the counts situation when it came to that. I thought that was a good thing to do. All right, very good. That's uh, this weekend, the rest of baseball, which mm. gonna have an open for. For next week, absolutely. sometime, sometime. We well, will. Good job, Grant.
5: I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. Too. Very
1: good.
0: Tidbit is brought to you today. Did we do this one right? Did we get this? Yeah. Did we get. okay yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Tidbit is brought oh, do to I need today
1: for
0: that now. I mean, that's how real shows yeah. operate, Griffin. Okay. I, but there's nothing more like Griffin gets very frustrated by the idea of having to do a job. Hey, <laughs> like, what are you, what are we supposed to do? It well, yes. Jesus. All right. Tidbit I'll, is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer. Buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out Buyatoyota.com for deals and new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today.
1: Harrison Bader with his go-ahead home run on what was that Monday night. Uh, he became the first Yankee since Melky Cabrera to have consecutive home games with a go-ahead hit in the eighth inning or later. Harrison Bader like joining. What a name that is. Yeah, Melky yeah. Cabrera
0: was a very good player. He I mean, was. like, was a, for a very long time?
1: Um, yeah, he. Uh, I hardly remember him being a Yankee.
0: I don't really. I yeah. mean, I did. No, I take that back. I do remember him being a Yankee, but only in the way of like everybody was. He
2: even. got a right. ring with them in '09, mm. but yeah. that was when he did it. 2009. Not one of the standout uh, names uh, on that roster, but Ronald Acuna.
1: It. Now has 21 home runs, 40 stolen bases in 84 games this season. It is the fewest games played in Major League Baseball history. This is a difficult
0: difficult thing because it's starting to flirt with – like there have been people that have made the argument of this is why Acuna should be the MVP. And he's competing – everybody's competing with the same rules, right? So within the context of judging him against other players this year, fair – but then you start like using, trying to use historical context to discuss what it is that Ronald Acuna is doing, and that's where it starts moving towards unfair because the rules were changed yeah. drastically to benefit stolen bases. So I don't know how we handle that if Acuna ends up having some sort of historic season. Because of that change. You can't compare Acuna stealing bases to Ricky Henderson stealing bases. Absolutely not. not. that he's, he's going to end up matching Ricky Henderson. Like, Ricky Henderson, it was, it was perverse what he was able to do. Um, but, like, I don't know when we start trying to put his season into context how we handle that, because it is extraordinarily different.
1: LaMelo Ball signed his max extension with the Charlotte Hornets after averaging 20 points, uh, six rebounds, and six assists over the last two seasons. Uh, and he joins six other guys to do that, or sorry, five other guys to do that over the last two years. Uh, I guess I'll give him two. I want not have you guess them since, since it's not NBA season. Okay. Yeah, LeBron, Jokic, Luka Doncic, James Harden, and DeJounte Murray. He is uh, he joins them as the sixth player over the last two seasons with twenty six and six. All so right. His max extension. He's also the first player in Hornets franchise history to ever do that across two seasons.
0: I mean, it's not, so a, it's, not jersey, a, right? it's not a rich history that we're talking
1: about. So let's get his jersey retired. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Juan Soto hit his one hundred fortieth career home run over the weekend. He is the third player ever to have one hundred forty home runs. Yeah, and but yeah, but walks. but he, yeah, he he
0: mildly criticized.
1: In his so first 700 stupid. career games, he is the third player with 140 home runs, 500 walks. Can you name the other two in their first 700 games with 500 walks, 140 home runs? In
0: their first 700 games? Mm-hmm. Oh, Mike Trout.
1: Not Mike Trout. Jim Tomey? Not Jim Tomey.
0: I Barry Bonds wasn't getting walked like that at the beginning of yeah, his career. Yeah, he's not Barry Bonds. He's a different type of player at the beginning of his career. Um, Manny Machado. Not Manny Machado. Bryce
1: Harper. Not Bryce Harper. Not active. Not none of them. Neither of them. Yeah. Chipper. Not Chipper.
0: I'll try Ricky Henderson.
1: It is not Ricky.
0: Does have the second most walks all time.
2: Yeah. I'm gonna go with a bold one. Adam Dunn. Not Adam Dunn. That is pretty bold.
0: He was more of a swinger. Yeah. yeah. He was more of a
2: swinger. Nothing. Frank Thomas. Frank Thomas That's a
1: good, oh. is in fact on this list. Jeff Bagwell, not Jeff Bagwell. In the right track though, definitely. These are great contact average hitters. The other one is so Is that what Ichiro. The other one is? Not Ichiro. Yeah, the other one's it. Tony Gwynn. Not Tony Gwynn. Carl Yastrzemski, not Carl Yastrzemski. Still older. Ted Williams. Ted Williams. Yeah. In fact, he joined Frank Thomas and Ted Williams. Pretty good company. Yeah, for Juan Soto. Pretty good yeah. company. Uh, and I also right. did look it up uh, as we were talking about Jorge Mateo. So since May 1st, uh, he, he is not one of the worst uh, batters in all of baseball. Yeah, he is, is the, the worst. Definitive worst. Yeah. He is God. the worst. 376 OPS no since way. May 1st. Did you
0: look up uh, ticket
1: prices for Maryland Villanova? They are not available yet. The tickets, the ticket prices are not available. Villanova's website, Ticketmaster, what? nowhere has them, well, has good, them ready man. yet. We'll, we'll talk about that another time. All, all right.
0: Better. All right, very good. Tubular available, huh? Tubular is brought to you by <laughs> Pressboxonline.com slash offers. Pressbox is offering new sports betters, the best sign up bonuses and promos from the seven legal online sports books. Go to PressboxOnline.com slash offers now and get offers like $150 in bonus bets from DraftKings after you place your first ten dollar bet. Or $1,250 in bonus bets from Caesars. Time is limited to get the best uh, offers and from all of the sports books. Go to Pressboxonline.com slash offers and sign up today. Here's what's coming up, totally tubular-wise this evening. Orioles try, try desperately to reverse their fortunes of late. Game three against the Yankees. Dean Kramer gets the start against Randy Vazquez, whatever. Randy Vazquez? I don't know huh? what that is. What? Never heard of it. Never heard of Randy Vazquez. So I was really afraid that I was going to say that name, and you're all going to be like, oh, man, he is the hot shot. Yeah. And I'm like, never heard of the guy. But that's who's starting for New York tonight. One and one with a 1.74 ERA. Okay, mm, not, only nine strikeouts, so it seems like he hasn't pitched much. What five and two thirds,
1: scoreless against the White Sox. Uh oh. That, that was June eighth, though. Oh. So oh. he just got called Don't up yesterday.
0: Don't know what the story is there, but that's who's pitching. Um, in Wimbledon right now on ESPN, Francis Tiafoe was indeed victorious just in his first round. Well, I mean, it was the
1: first round. Sophia Cannon. Perfect. Yeah, that happened a couple days ago. Yeah, I know, but I, yeah. I was excited yeah. about that. Okay. Maybe Coco, which was a little disappointing.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, it's not really an easy one to, to feel anything about. Uh, all the rest of the baseball, find at Glenn Clark Radio. Look, everything else. Summer League, baseball, who cares? Go to GlennClarkRadio.com. It's on there. Now, if you're watching Brady Summer Miller, League, you have a problem.
1: premier Miller had 7,006 turnovers in his Summer League debut. I didn't even know you could go what up. What did you se- say? Seven fouls. Jesus Christ. I didn't even know you could go up I that high. I guess because I guess of Summer League. I like,
0: have other rules. Yeah. You know, I don't know what the rules are. Uh, TBS tonight for AW Dynamite at 8. Uh, is there any soccer? No, no soccer tonight because they did the other, uh, the other Gold Cup round was yesterday. So th- that's a US weird bit. Dancing. It's a weird bit from the Gold Cup, though, that they do the semifinals and final on back-to-back days. I had forgotten Are about really? that. That is really grotesque. Yeah, Saturday and Sunday for mm-hmm. the knockout round of the Gold Cup, back-to-back days. Really odd. weird bit, man. Really weird.
1: Uh, anything non sports wise? Uh so on CBS the Mission Impossible behind the scenes special ah! will be will be at nine thirty, sure. prime time Is that coming out this week? I believe it does, okay. yes. Yes. So maybe we'll see. Maybe this will be the clip of uh, I guess Tom yeah, Cruise yelling jump, at the crew. But,
0: oh that thing, yeah. Right. I'm trying to we're trying to save Hollywood. Yeah. Right.
1: People are losing jobs. Yeah, correct. Uh always sunny new episode on FXX and Hulu. That or uh, Hulu tomorrow. Uh, Disney Plus new episode of Secret Invasion, new episode of Hijack, the Apple T V Plus show with Idris Alba. Okay. And Wham, the documentary out on Netflix about uh, George Michael and uh, yeah. Wham. Yeah the, Wham the band. Yeah. Wham yeah. Yeah. Yes. and the other guy. What was his name? Andrew Yeah, I can't remember. That's funny
0: Why can I not remember the other guy from Wham? It was Andrew, by the way. You are right about that. Yeah.
1: God. Well, because I like watch I like looked Damn. into it a little bit, but I Andrew Ridgely, thank you. Andrew That's it is. Right. No George Michael, of
0: course. Very good. Very good. Thanks today to Pete Mishu. Thanks also to, oh, God, uh, Ken Wyman was on with us, and Connor Newcomb, Locked on Orioles. We'll get it all up in the Greatest Hits section of the tab at glenclarkradio.com. On the program tomorrow, Uh,
1: we'll catch up with Al Al Bumbery.
0: We'll continue our 83 World Series celebration, 40th anniversary, Stuff and Things. Stuff and Things.
1: Yes, 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 yes. yes. I think Carson will stop by.
0: Okay, sure, we'll do a hack. That'll drive big-time ratings for that. Thanks, everybody, Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, Glory Days Grill, Dorchester County, the Bowie Bay Sox, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, All American Lacrosse, the Baltimore Orioles, Birdland Sports, Easy Pass MD, your local Toyota dealer, buy Uh Grant, you are on social at
2: 20gdaVivo on Instagram.
0: Good, good job today. Thank you. Thank Thanks you. to Griffin at Griffin underscore bass. Follow us Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Do Apple. I get a good job? Or? Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok <laughs> at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Wednesday night. Me. Go, birds. Duke sucks.